This is Bottom of the Bill. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Bottom of the Bill. Um, this week we have uh, Jack Rinka, and as some of you have mentioned in the comments, yes, it's long overdue. Sorry. Yeah. But it was a great episode, and we're stoked to finally have made it happen. But before we get all, uh, before we get into the episode, we're going to do our weekly catch-up. Uh, I haven't seen Chris in like a week, probably. I was so. going to say a week on the week on the nose. Yeah. So what's been going on? Um, not a whole lot. You know, gig stuff. Um, I had another week of uh, different players every night, which is always fun. Getting that. Uh, Flexing that sideman muscle pretty hard. Mm-hmm. It's been fun. Uh, Snake Pile uh, played with Jessica Hope. Chelsea and I played. Um, then I played with Sean Fassman on Saturday and had a rehearsal for the um, Velvet Underground Cabaret Show I'm doing. So five different groups, all different roles. It was a blast. That was a lot of fun. The, um, the Velvet Underground Show I'm doing is. Um, Put a little plug in for them. That is a cool cabaret show I got linked up with through Alex Hamby. Um, and these guys are, they, um, they're Australian and they tour the country taking their show around and they revamp it in different cities and states and stuff like that. But they've done stints in Vegas, they've done um, East Coast, West Coast stuff, European stuff. Um, just a really cool show. And so, like, they have all these tunes that we're all charted out on, everything's choreographed, everything's like down to the wire, and uh, playing with a cool band, uh, some cats I knew, um, Alex was on the gig with me, but um, there's this jazz cat, Jeff McLaughlin, who I've recently met. Uh, Jeff is becoming one of my favorite guitar players in the city. Um, I saw him play over at the Casbah Jam, and then that was the first time I met him, and then we're like, wait, we're on this gig together. That dude has got some, like, Julian Lays level comping chops. Nice. I mean, just, like, piano-esque lines on comping. It's insane. And then you go to see him play, and his, I mean, it's so creative, his lines. He's got some bebop language. He's got modern fusion language. It's all just, like, wrapped up in this cool thing. So Jeff is, that's all I'll say about it, but Jeff is an, an animal. And then um, Katie Dutton is singing. She sings with uh, J.J. Gray and Mofro. And she's doing vocals on the project, so oh, yeah. we've got a flaming band. It's, I mean, it's relatively easy stuff. However, it's all choreographed. It's a, it's a really killing show. So we're doing two, two weeks in Jacksonville in December. We'll have some dates for those. So cool. that one's cool to check out. How'd you get linked up with those guys? Um, it was through Hamby. Um, I, so <laughs> you know, uh, we're we're an honest and transparent group. So I'll call you out, Justin, a little bit. Um. Justin from TimeWise was on the gig, mm-hmm. and he um, pulled in Alex, and, you know, I think I think Justin just couldn't make rehearsals, which is like a big deal with a rehearsed show like this, and he could make zero of the three or whatever it was. So after rehearsal one, uh, Alex put in my name for the hat to get pulled in, and uh, so he sent me the dates, I could do them, um, and I got the music. I charted everything out. I took some of Justin's charts and, you know, got everything down and hit rehearsal last week, and it was pretty seamless. So I appreciate it, Justin. Thanks for the thanks for the indirect call. Well, you're slipping in behind your bandmate. Jeez. Hey, man. I, I saw him since then. It's, it's just one of those things. It's like he, you know, he, 
knew he couldn't make the rehearsals and that, and he already had to set up some of the dates out. So I oh, could yeah. do, I could do all the dates. I could do this and that. So, it, you know, I know it kind of sucks, but you know, you got you got going on what you got going on, and you can take what you can take, and you can't what you can't. Yeah, yeah so, everybody's on the same page with it. Yeah, I, I, I just I saw him at Casbah right after I took the gig, and I like didn't know if he knew that I had got the slot, and this, so I was just like being super weird about it, like not trying to offend anybody. He goes, oh, yeah, I know you're on the gig. And I'm like, oh, you could have just led with that. Dude. You made me sweat for nothing, man. <laughs> it was just like, thanks for that. That was super cool. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of time-wise, we've got a new single coming out this Friday. Oh, yeah. Um, another NFS cut, uh, Peace and Quiet. It's a super pretty ballad that Jeremy Prince wrote, and we're dropping it on the hectic day of days, Black Friday. Yeah. So, if you go out shopping and you're super stressed out, find your nearest time wise streaming supplier and calm yourself down with this nice, beautiful sax ballad. What's the song called? Peace and Quiet. Peace and Quiet, right? Okay. Yeah. Cool. And then I just dropped today that my new single is out September 1st, and that's just a folk instrumental um, tune that. I wrote over COVID for a buddy of mine was doing a documentary mm-hmm. about uh, foraging, like mushrooms, and doing like a forage to table kind of series on the Appalachian Mountains. And he's one of my best friends growing up. Like, hey man, can you write some music for this? And so I wrote a few tunes, and you know that was kind of at the end of COVID, so life started happening, and they didn't really get the wheels up on the project yet. I'm hoping they end up doing something with it, but um. I had this tune written, and it was pretty much done. I played everything on it. I was like, man, this is a really, you know, cool thing that's just sitting on my drive. So I was like, all right, well, I should put this out. Um, so I hit up my buddy and was like, hey, I'm going to drop this. He goes, yes, definitely do it. Um, and I was like, I'll still, it still goes to the documentary if you guys ever do anything with it. So, um, so it's just really uh, almost ambient folk. It's really nice background music, but it's uh, like what I did with it. So it's coming to streaming services for you to uh, clean your house to or something like that. So. <laughs> yeah, I listened to the clip on Instagram this morning. It sounds great, man. Yeah, appreciate it. It's got a fun little fun little bluegrass head on it. Um, post, you know, all the cool little ambient noodlings and stuff like that. So cool. Just more more stuff for the world to hear and have, you know. Oh yeah, man! Just putting shit out, getting work done. Yep, and then awesome. Patsy's goes back in the studio. Cluster's talking about studio dates. Everyone's everyone's making music, so That's awesome. keeping it going. Oh yeah. What you been up to this week? Um, I had a few gigs. Uh, I first want to say that the Andre 3000 uh, record is fine. It's people, fine. People want to hate on it. Um, and then people want to also put it on a pedestal. Okay. It's fine. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I haven't listened to it yet. I really want to. I mean, it's on my queue yeah. to listen to, but... If you like good, ambient, electronic, kind of... It's a, he, like, he, like, fuses this ambient, electronic stuff with, like, these, you know, cool, like, flute uh, things, I guess, performances. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it sounds great. Uh, I... Is he playing the flute on it? I think so. Okay. Yeah. And it's actually good. Like, I mean, he's, the performances are really good. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's it's fine. It's great. I'll, I'll give it, like, maybe one more listen through. Okay. And then I'll probably put a, a ribbon on it. <laughs> but uh, it's just not it's not my thing. Yeah. Um, 
But, uh, I mean, it, it would be if I was in, like, a meditative state or, like, doing yoga or something. But, like, for the sole purpose of just, like, listening to music, I probably wouldn't put it on again. And, yeah. I, and I will say, I know this is blasphemous to some people that, that want to just, like, you know, let go of nostalgia in the past. And it's all about looking forward. Look, yeah, I agree. I'm 100% about that, too. However, Andre 3000 is one of my favorite rappers of all time. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I want to hear him come up with, I want to hear him do something else. I get that the iron wasn't striking with, with, with uh, or he, he, I, he wasn't inspired to do that. And that, I can totally relate to that, too. Hopefully, one day, he gets inspired to write again, uh, to write hip-hop again. And the day that he does, I'll be looking forward to that as well. He still has a fan. I'm yeah. still a fan, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, like, objectively, it's still a great piece of work. It's yeah. just not what his followers would know him for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's uh, that's my take on that. Um, and then as far as gigs, let's see what I have. Yeah, the big streak gig, how'd that go? Yeah, that was fun. Um, I was there. It was great. Yeah. I was just curious. Instead <laughs> of hearing his words for it. It was fun. Uh, we did not sell 100 tickets, so thank you to everybody who did not show up. However, I still put on the unicorn outfit uh, at the end just to kind of give the people who did come what they wanted because a few people mentioned it when, when they showed up. I think you just like wearing it. <laughs> it is very comfortable. <laughs> I was very hot on stage. I would buy that for sure. Um, so I'll be posting clips with it. But it was it was cool, man. Um, you know, again, it was like music that I hadn't gotten to play before. Uh, the musicians that I got to play it with. Shout out to Kevin Ramos, Brandon Howell, Aaron Thorla. Um, everybody was like super motivated and excited and knew what this was going to be. You know, it was like, you know, just an unpaid passion project kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, we still met up twice to rehearse for it because everyone got to listen and was like, yeah, these tunes are dope. Let's fuck with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Musicians are, I always say this about musicians where, if the music and the hang is there, you can like let go of a lot of other things, you know. That's the same thing. You need two to three things, exactly. you know? And you know, money's not always. We're making money, you know what I mean? We're out there gigging, we're working, like. Yeah, it's a fucking Tuesday night at Jack Rabbits, you know. Let's just have some fun. You yeah, know? you know what else are we doing? Yeah, so it was cool, man. It, it was a lot of fun. Uh, put, you know, again, we had some Mike Stern stuff. We had Derek Trucks band. We did uh, that Steve Kimmick tune, Bad Hair, which was fun. Um, you know, we did a, uh, what else did we do? I don't know. It was, I'll, I'll be putting clips You'll see them out there out. online. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was cool. Even the guys in Big Shrimp were, like, surprised by, by the performance. It's, in my opinion, I think that we did, I think that we, from my perspective, I did what I set out to do, which was to challenge myself and to do something like this. Um, performance-wise, I think that I, you know, obviously could have done better in a lot of ways, but I mean, it is what it is. Like, it's just, it was our first time doing it, and it was just supposed to be a fun thing, which it was. So, uh, and obviously, the, the guys in the band killed it. Brandon, Aaron, and Kevin are absolute pros, and they just, I mean, nailed it. So, um, yeah, it was fun. It was, it was a lot of fun, and it felt good. The energy felt good, which yeah. is the most important thing, you know? Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, I. As a, I rarely get to watch music anymore, so like to see all the homies up there playing stuff that they, you know, want to play is really cool. It's stuff I I haven't heard of, which you know, 
not to toot my own horn, but I check out a lot of music. So yeah, there was, yeah, there, was yeah, there was there was stuff on there was stuff there. That I'm like, oh, sick! I got more homework to do. This is good. Yeah, Steve Kimmich is like a he's like a, he will sleep on him. Yeah, he's an underrated name on the scene for sure. Yeah. You know, like his his name floats in circles, but like. It's not necessarily a household name, musically speaking, you know? Yeah, exactly. I think that his, the way that I love the way that he plays it, it is not as, uh, like, technical and as flashy as I think a lot of the other guitar players in that scene are. Yeah. They get all the, the, the praise. Um, he's very, like, I don't know, he's very patient and, like, he's very melodic and his, his tone is, like, you know, so pristine and crystal clear. I don't know. I just I love everything that he does. He's such a talented guy. Yeah. Um. And and versatile too. Um. And I had some other other gigs. Uh, I actually saw Jessica Hope on uh on at, on Saturday play at the Rec. No way. Yeah. We were hanging out. Uh. Oh, she just happened to be there. Okay. I didn't recognize her at first. Okay. And then her, her friend comes up to the bar and was like like. Hey, my, my friend sings. Uh, you should let her sing for you. And I was like, I'm sure she does. <laughs> just like, I kept playing. And then I look over, and I'm like, is that Jessica? And then and then uh, I was, and after, this, after I got on playing, I was like, Jess, is that you? She's like, yeah, yeah. And we started talking for a minute. And I went to go hang out with him on my break. And I was like, you want to come up and sing a few tunes? She came up, and she sang some songs. Yeah. And her friend was like, I told you. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I knew this before, though. I just forgot that I knew that. Well, to be fair. Many people come up and tell me that their friends are singers and that they should sing, and I don't trust any of them because I don't know them, and that's just the way it is. Uh, yeah. Once I realized it was Jess, I said, okay, yeah, you're right. Your friends are going to sing. <laughs> yeah. Only because I know her, though, and I know she's super talented. Yeah, exactly. And she was on the podcast. So, <laughs> we'll uh, put up our own, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so that was cool. Um, and then I ended up playing with J-Rods at the local yeah, school. Yeah, on the scene that has been... I, I think I've been thoroughly impressed with him recently. I've only met him, known him for a couple months, but catch and play, man. Yeah, he's great, dude. He's great. I, he was at the Jackrabbit show, and I didn't know. Yeah, he came out for a second. I didn't know he was. I didn't know who he was. He, we start. We, we started talking at the show, and then you were like, you know, he's a bass player. He's like really good, and I was like, oh, well, I need a bass player this weekend. <laughs> so uh, I'm glad it worked out. He absolutely crushed the gig. At the gig itself. I hate that place. Dude. Let's talk about it. Dude, the local in that <laughs> You played the local. I don't, it's not even like, like the place is bad. It's a cool, it's a cool vibe or whatever. No, no, no. Let's, let's get it correct. The place is bad. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, they have good food. Like, you know, it's, it's, if you're going out for a night out and just want to hang out somewhere, it's cool. Sure. The manager was on my ass the whole time. That's about really like hard stop at 10. I'm like, dude, trust me, I'm not playing past 10. <laughs> trust that. And then, and, then it was, and then every break, she's like, okay, can you guys get some play now because you went on break at such and such time? I'm like, dude, I'm watching the clock. Oh, wow. Don't tell me. How to, and then and, and J-Rod is sitting there like eating and she comes up and tells us to get back on stage. And then he like gets up and I said, oh, you can sit back down and finish your food. She doesn't tell me when we go. I, I know what time we stop and I know what time we're starting. Period. Yeah, this is how I run all my gigs. Random, you know what I mean? It's yeah, this is not. This is how I run all my gigs. It's never a problem anywhere. So I'm not. I'm not doing this. I'm also just so over these gigs that I don't like. I just don't care. Yeah. It's, it's a shitty paying gig. I don't care. It's a shitty paying gig. I only did it because I needed. I needed to have money coming into my business. So yeah. I took it. And I also like playing with a band. So I took the gig. Um, 
and uh, I will not be taking any more gigs as a local, yeah. straight up. And uh, yeah, that's it, dude. I'm tired of you. I I have no patience left in me for this shit at all. Yeah, dude. Well, and I recently had some some people do a similar thing, and it's like, hey. We know what we're doing, and like you don't tell you tell your servers when they can take breaks, or you you your people. We're independent contractors. Yeah, you, like you don't have a plumber show up to the local and do plumbing work, and then stand over their shoulder and tell them how to do it. Right. It is the same. It literally is the same thing. They are contracted. We are contracted. And I know brought us in to do a job. We're doing it. We get no complaints anywhere else. We know it's been doing it for years. What are you talking about? And I, and I know that, that there are shitty, like, bands out there that take, you know, 30-minute breaks and, and like, you know, run up tabs and, and walk out. And sh- like, I, I get it, but, like, that's not what we were doing. Yeah. And so I just I, I just don't have, like, patience for it. And she kept, before we even, like, got started, Craig, shout out to Craig Rieger, he's an amazing drummer, uh, he, was, he was getting his kit set up. He got like this Cymbali that came in the in the mail that day. She was testing it out, and then she came out instantly. It was like, hey, um, we haven't had any noise complaints since we put up this this wall thing here. So, um, but I can hear what you were doing from the kitchen inside. I need you to turn it down. The dude, we haven't even started yet. Like he was just testing something out. That's another thing. When when people come up to me, like during sound check. Well, we haven't done anything yet, and try and tell me about volume. It happened. It happened somewhere else that I won't. I won't mention. But it happened somewhere else also. I'm like, give like wait, wait. Give me like five minutes to to get stuff dialed in, and then come and tell me something that's still a problem. Yeah. Don't let me play my first chord or let the, the drummer like hit one thing and say it's too loud. We haven't done anything yet. You know, it's just I. I just I have no more patience, dude. I'm over it. Yeah. So if you are listening to this and you own a bar or manage a bar or a restaurant or something and have bands play, just give us the benefit of the doubt for, for five minutes. And then if we prove to be the exact opposite of what I'm saying, then go ahead and bitch people out, whatever you want to do. But, like, until that point, I just I have zero patience for the shit, dude. I feel that. I I could – I've had I, – I mean, I don't mind burning this bridge at this point. I've only got a couple gigs left, but uh, um, I did a – well – not a similar thing, but since we're here and we're on it, you know what I mean. Uh, your place, bar and grill. Right? <laughs> Don't laugh; they're great, man. That's so crazy. You would just do that right there. Not what I'm about to do, that's for sure. So, did I tell you about my little one-two punch situation <laughs> from last weekend? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if I did. Um, so, transparency: I booked a baking gig. Uh, the night I had a white piece gig, yeah. and uh, was paid what four times as much, so yeah. I'm taking that all day. And uh, I for, kind of forgot I had the white piece gig booked until Randos and I were playing there. And I looked at the calendar. I'm like, oh man, I'm on coming up, and I'm not going to be there. So started looking around for a group. Um, and long story short, I ended up finding Matt Green, and Matt put together a group for me to cover, and he got. Uh, Groove Coalition, and they play all these events, they play all over town, and so I was like, alright, cool, I got the group, I gotta let them know, and we'll be fine, we'll, we'll go off to the races. Uh, life happens, and I forgot to let the club know that I had a sub. Oops, I'm gonna take that one on. That, that is on YouTube. That was an oopsies. Yeah. Uh, that was a total oopsies. So, nonetheless, they show up, 
it's a whole thing. I'm kind of like, oh, well. And uh, they go and they run the gig. They did great, by the way. He's actually back and goes, hey, man, so they crushed. So thanks for that. I'm like, yeah, they crushed. I always deliver. That's what I do. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we won't go into that now, but I do. I goofed this one. However, I still crushed. What you going to do? Um, so then I, uh, we get through all that, and I had a gig this Thursday booked, and um, it was St. Paul's playing at Southern, and then I was supposed to play at MPs. Well, last second, I got switched from MPs to YPs, which is real inside Jacksonville baseball, but it's further away. And I'm like, all right, man, but I had a gig booked close by, and so getting over there is going to take me longer. It's going to be real down to the wire. I'll probably get there, like, right as we're starting kind of thing. And uh, he's like, yeah, it's all good. Thanks for accommodating and shifting. So uh, I, in that gig, I get over there right as I said I was going to. And I start getting calls and texting, like, hey, man, you, you close by or this and that? And I'm like, yeah, man, I, uh, I'm fulfilling exactly what I told you I was going to fulfill, this and that. I said, when I'd be here, I said this, I said that. I get inside, I set up, we start five, seven minutes after downbeat because Jess had came and brought PA and this and that. So, like, started earlier than other bands that I filled in with there that did not have that same situation. Mm-hmm. Crushed it. But, you know, there was a guest bartender, all this. I'm getting all this kind of stuff left and right, and I'm like, look, at the end of the day, you're just mad from last week. However, I told y'all, cut and dry, the situation get all angry about it. You get like, don't play last week's thing off the thing that's happening now. This is all, this is all in line with what we agreed yeah, upon. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, anger begets anger, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, listen, if you're going, like, I, I you know, if, if the communication was done up front and they knew it was going to happen, then that's, then if they get mad, that's on them. However, if you're going to be pulling things like that, you have to make sure all your tracks are covered all the time. So, like, when, when you're calling, when, when you're putting a different band in your place because you got a different gig, mm-hmm. that has to be communicated to them. So, I, my track record with that is very good because I sub that gig out a lot. And I've got the receipts. I've always got quality subs. I've always done this. I've, I've always, I, I've been very good to that bar in terms mm-hmm. of, like, subbing in when they need subs building out quality when they need, when I need subs, always give them two or three weeks out to vet them. Yeah, you had one bad day. I literally had a busy week where I, like, got caught up in doing five different gigs that were high stress, and it slipped through the cracks. And I told them as much. I was very apologetic. I was like, look, you know, we've worked together for a full year. This has never happened. So, like, a touch of grace, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, hey, it could have been worse. You know, I didn't communicate. However, you still got a band that's there. Like, you're not... You're not missing out on a night of music. It's also you guys like like the group. It's like this was a slip up, but like we're good though. You know, it's not like I didn't leave behind dry. I didn't communicate as well as I should have. Yeah. And the rest of my track record should vouch for like how on it I've been. And then the second that's just like you do do like well, all right then. I've only played 120 dates at your club this year, so yeah. can't cut me one night of slack. Yeah, not one. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think, I think, like, it's also like super low stakes. So it's like when bars don't, like, you know, if you want to pay 
like bottom line rates and then expect everybody to like like essentially those gigs become placeholders. Well, you know, it's like totally. you get something better that comes along, which which could happen because if, if it's a real shooty gig, chances are there's gonna be better gigs out there. But hey, better than not than not having a gig. Exactly, right? and that's the thing is like it's, it's your safety net on the gigs. Yeah, and to your point about low stakes. You saw how you laughed and reacted when I even said the name of this place. It has got a known reputation, you know. Just for, for really, just for like not paying bands well. You yeah. Know? Like just like keeping the same standard they've been keeping forever. Most places that I played at, uh, that I still can, like continue to play at, have given me raises like every year, mm-hmm. and or have if I've like raised my my rate, they, they've matched it, or at least we've met somewhere in the middle. Totally. Like that's every place that I consistently play at now. Yeah. But like places like that that wanna that wanna uh, you know, God damn it. <laughs> Anyways, dude, we gotta wrap this up. Yeah. Uh, Jack Rinka is an amazing musician. Uh, became I think became a great friend of ours after this episode. Uh, we talked for hours about all kinds of stuff. Um, I think you're gonna enjoy the episode before we get bled out here by the drums. <laughs> we'll let you guys go. Like, subscribe. Uh, we got uh, merchandise in the buy or in the, in the description, all that good stuff. Enjoy the episode. Peace out. Make sure to check out the new album from Wall Drummer 13 coming real soon. This is Bottom of the Bill. You guys are professionals. I love it. Yeah, man. It's been a, you know. It's a process. Yeah, it's a process. You know, we had like, it was funny when we first started we were just, we had the one DSLR and we were, and Billy was on the podcast with yeah. me and we were just doing it like that and then Chris and we had do you know Gene O'Neill? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, he's another uh, guy kind of on the scene, uh-huh. and um, they started coming in and helping us produce it. Right. And so they brought from a church like a switcher uh-huh. and then like a camcorder and like another camera. Yeah. And then the church one day was like. Hey, where's our stuff? <laughs> yeah, you can't use this shit anymore. So within like the, the within like literally we had we had a week to acquire all these new cameras right. and shit and the new switcher and luckily I had some money put away. So I was just like fucking let's just buy yeah. all this shit, you Love know. It. So but now, now you own it. Yeah. 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 Now so. you got it for first. better or worse, we're committed now. Yeah, man. Yeah. You, can, you can do it for as long as you need it and like you know when you can't get somebody to do other video projects cuz I know you guys have been doing other video projects. Congratulations on all your releases. Thank you, I mean, man. Yeah. Appreciate it, dude. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Like, well, I, I don't know if you guys know, but like, I'm a fan. You are? I'm a fan. Oh, I'm a fan. Well, I'm, I'm, I've always been a fan of you. And Chris, I've only recently gotten hip to your, your stuff. Yeah. But, like, and likewise, you know, like catching you on the scene. I know you've played with a bunch of projects, but yeah, you yeah. recently linked up with T. Rec- uh, yeah, yeah, I did. Patsy stuff, I right? I did. Yeah. I did. And it's that's been great. But like, yeah, I, I'm a fan. I've, oh. I've watched most of the most of the bottom of the bill podcasts. Oh, thank what? You, man. That means a lot. Not, not, you know, like there's 100 and what, 130 <laughs> something episodes out. Yeah, close to it. You yeah. know, and I've like I haven't watched all of them, admittedly. You yeah. know what I mean? So I, I'm not the super fan, but like, yeah, I get it. So it's like, yeah, I, I, I like it. But like uh, the cool thing about having this setup is that is that, you know, I mean, we might as well just jump right into it. Fuck it. Yeah, Here we go. Going. Yeah. So, um, you know. One of the things about making music these days is that is that you can't just make music. Right. Right? You can't just, like, I can't just play my damn guitar and sing a song anymore. You know what I mean? I can't just play piano or whatever the hell it is I'm going to play, you know? These days, you got you to be able to do your own video shit. You got to be able to do your own 
your own uh, uh, like designs and you have to be able to make flyers and you have to like you have to know like like what a high-end font looks like and how to identify one and how to you know what i mean all that sort of stuff and so what's cool about all this stuff that you guys got going on is that is that you kind of take a lot of those middlemen out or at least give yourself the ability to do it once you once you learn how to master or like not master is not the right word but when you learn once you learn proficiency on all the gear that you got you yeah. can you can do whatever the heck you want you know yeah. it's like you're like man i i want I want to make a podcast. You can. If you were like, hey, man, like Miles isn't available or whoever's not available, but I need to do some video stuff, you can do it. Yeah, And, totally. and that's rad because I don't I, – I, I consider myself pretty you know, well plugged in and at least able to make a living making music. But what I can't do and what I've always sucked at is I'm not very good at networking and I'm really not good at doing things that aren't music, right? And so like now – like I'm 45 years old. When I started – Playing playing music was enough, right. you know. You could get the gig because mm -hmm. somebody would just go, "Hey, man, you can play pretty good. Why don't you come gig with me?" And you could do it, you know. Now it's like if you don't have a solid web presence, if you don't have a brand, like it gets harder, you know. It's nearly impossible. Yeah, man. and it really is. And that's kind of been the struggle with, uh, you know, with everything over the last few years, and especially since COVID. Yeah, where like you know, gigging has. Well, now it's like kind of back to normal, it's but for a there. while there, it was pretty slow. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why we started doing the podcast because it was like, yeah. okay, this is at least a way to keep the conversation moving. Absolutely. And then it evolved into other stuff. And then it got to a point where it was like, well, we have all these cameras yeah. just sitting here, like, you yeah. know, six days a week. Why not use it? Yeah. Why not utilize it? Absolutely. So we've been doing that. I just did um, like a video uh, slash live acoustic album. Cool. Slash behind the scenes documentary thing. I'm not really sure how I'm marketing it yet. Sure, sure. But, you know, all because we had the cameras, we had we brought Miles in to get some of the more high quality stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, we we did some stuff for time wise. I mm -hmm. think Alchematic is gonna be using the cameras on yeah. Sunday for their release party. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, you know, we've done stuff with Keek of the Brave where we brought these in and did his live video stuff. That's awesome. So it's just and it's been cool to be able to like, you know, not just like make this stuff work for us, right? But also just to get plugged in with our with our friends in a 100%, different capacity. Hundred percent, yeah. It, it it allows you to not only diversify like your your revenue streams, which is great, but it also gives you the ability to to, to diversify the ways in which you can collaborate with people. Yeah, you know, um, like I'm I I'm not a graphic designer, but I, I like I see people all the time who are like, man. I really need somebody to help design a shirt or a flyer or a sticker or a whatever, you know, or just like make these pictures not suck. And I don't, I, if I knew how to do that, I would have deeper relationships with those people. If I knew how to work a damn camera, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. it would yeah. work way better. I would have a way like a, like a much like a different a different kind of collaboration and understanding of how, what these people are into, right? You know, and I think that's one of the cool things about this podcast and pet podcasts like it is that. Is that not only are you guys making music as your day job away from this, but what happens now is is like now you get to either get collaborative understandings of people that may or that you might not have regular relationships with, right? right? Or you might be able to take people that you do have regular relationships with and then just like scratch a surface that you wouldn't have scratched otherwise. That's the that's the thing that I get the that I get the biggest reward from from doing this yeah. is like aside from 
you know, hopefully giving like a platform to other local artists. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like really the thing is that there's been people that I've worked with over the years, yourself included, and um, you know, in various capacities, and it never gets past like the gig. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then sure. it's like and the and you know, then but then you end up knowing these people for years and, and knowing nothing and knowing about nothing them. about them. <laughs> and it's strange as musicians, when we say somebody is a good friend, yeah, that means we played maybe a few gigs with them <laughs> over the course of like ten years. Yeah, yeah. And maybe you had like you know, like three short conversations yeah you know what i mean and yeah like uh, yes absolutely that like there are people who like are on all points of the earth that i think of as my good friends but then i'm like ah do do i really know that person yeah, do they have a sibling i don't really know anything yeah about i don't them, know, you know anything about them yeah yeah um yes like i, I have one in mind and i don't really want to like bring the party down so i'm not gonna yeah. bring it <laughs> but, but like but there are definitely some times where like you you you, you see people and you go oh yeah that that person's a homie and then you're like I really don't know a damn thing about them. Yeah, man. And and in doing this, it's helped to break those barriers a little bit more and also introduce us to new people who sure. never even, like, I discovered, and you're probably probably more plugged in to this stuff than I am just because of the nature of how, like, how many different scenes you work within. Yeah. Like, but I didn't even realize this kind of emerging next generation of, like, rock kind of punk rock kind of yeah. thing that's happening here in Jacksonville. We had the Parks and Raz yeah. kids on. Those kids are great. So good. So good. And so much fun, dude. Absolutely. Uh, we had Lifted Riffs on recently, which is another up and coming one. And it's just it and it's been cool getting to like kind of meet this new crop of Absolutely. super talented musicians and just to see what's happening in a different world. Absolutely. Know? And 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 to see maybe where like not only is it a different scene. But like again, being forty-five and seeing Parks and Rask, using them as a good example, is is seeing it from like where you, maybe your generational blind spots are. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's not just it's not just your cultural blind spots. It's not just your oh yeah, I'm a you know I I'm a I'm a strat player who plays real good. That cover band scene thing, mm -hmm. you know what I mean. Like you also can just go oh look, there's this not only just a cultural blind spot, but also like I don't know what I. I if I'm not hanging out with them, I have no idea what 16-year-olds think. You're right. You know what I mean? I have no idea what 20-year-olds think. Right. You know, because, like, I just don't... It's a don't, world away. Yeah, I just don't work with those people, you know? Um, and and it's it's really interesting to, like, be able to, to just kind of dig in with those people in whatever way you can. Unfortunately for me, it's mostly gigs, but it's cool to see this and you see them. And you're like, oh, look at that. They actually yeah. have, like thoughts that are maybe counter to mine or like, yeah. you know, or, 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 or thoughts that are complimentary to mine, which and is even cooler. That's the coolest thing, man. Is, is, it's cause like, we know just you're, you're shoved. It's like shoved down your throat every day. The differences between like Gen Z millennials yeah. and Gen, Gen X, X and like, <laughs> and it's like, it's a different, like you, you just get that shoved down your face, like your throat so much. And to get in a room with somebody and have a real conversation with somebody, you know, who's 20 years old, who by all, you know, by all measures compared to us is like, you know, they're, they're still a kid kind of, absolutely, you know, absolutely, absolutely. And to understand that there's like a lot of common ground there and how we yeah, view things. Absolutely. It's like, so, Oh, we're not that far apart, dude. We have a few things. Maybe like we grew up with different technologies, but yep. like it fundamentally, I don't think we're that far away from what, how we understand the world around us. I totally agree with that. And, and what I also think is cool is, is that since, you guys, less me, but more you guys, are are so um, 
comfortable with with or getting comfortable with with embracing technologies and things like that. I don't. Have a, I don't. I've never been on TikTok. Yeah, it's right? a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah I was gonna I, say you'll love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's what I hear. <laughs> I, I hear it's. I hear it's really forgiving for forty-five year olds. Yeah. But <laughs> especially with the rotund body types, I th- I hear that we're just the best thing on there. But like, what's what's interesting and and fun is that you, is that you can you can find that if you take if you take the if you embrace it if you embrace the at least the mediums that that the younger people use right. It's cool that perhaps you can just how to find how to find the words that you can you can you can discover that maybe the only difference between them and us as 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 more seasoned professionals or seasoned music, seasoned creatives is time. Yeah, it's literally the only difference, it's right? The only difference, you know, like, like if we take that technology out of it or have the foresight to embrace it, the only difference between us and them is time. So like sometimes like. I've heard you talk a lot about how like sometimes you feel like fish out of water when you're in a jazz jam and stuff like that. Yeah. You know? And I totally get that because I, I feel the same way a lot of times playing jazz specifically. But what I think is really interesting is, uh, do you know who Mike Manieri is? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. He's he's a like hot shot, but a old like a old old guard vibraphone player. Okay. Um and uh and I I was hanging with him twenty years ago, and he was at, he was given a clinic, and there was like a thousand people in the room, right? A bunch of bunch of like heavy jazz cats in the room, right? And it was it was great. Peter Erskine was playing drums. It was like it was just a killing band. And he just he goes, oh here here's a tune that, that for everybody in the room because you you're all gonna know it. And he and he played Stella by Starlight. Oh nice, right? I have to admit, twenty years ago I didn't know the tune. Like I just straight up didn't know it, you know. And so, like, everybody else in the room went, oh, yeah, this feels like home. And I was like, what the hell is this? Like, I don't know this tune. I don't, like, you know, and I get that it's a standard. I get that, you know what I mean? But what I think is interesting is that is that later we were having a conversation after um, because I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have lived a life where I just kind of have people who want to be charitable to me for no good reason. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. Um, so... So a lot of the inns and gigs and and places I found myself have nothing to do with my abilities. Like <laughs> people like you. Yeah. People. Well, not like, not even just like some, for some reason they decided to sit, take a shying, like give me the pat on the back and say, "Come on with me, kid." You know. And I'm like, "Okay, let's go." You know. And so it's like I was hanging with Peter Erskine. Peter Erskine's like, "Come on, hang out with, with, with Mike Manieri." And 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 me me and Mike were talking about like I was like I was like, "Man, I kind of feel like I like like a faker. I felt like I felt like I didn't belong there." Mm. And and he was like he was like how old are you twenty five well yeah twenty five he's like man the only difference between you and me you play vibraphone you have good hands like you you know you know that a Neapolitan six chord resolves to a, a five chord or a seven chord like you're not dumb you know how this works you just don't have the time invested and I was like oh yeah that makes sense yeah you know and so it's cool to see the young generation like hungry for it, going after it, and knowing full well that hopefully if they keep doing what they're doing, if the then what will be cool is to is is to know that that when my ass is dead and gone in five years, <laughs> what's gonna be awesome is to know that that music is gonna be shepherded by somebody who cares still. Yeah. It's yeah. it's in good hands. Totally. You know? It's like creativity is not dead just because TikTok is uncool to 45-year-olds. Yeah, so. and I mean, like... I <laughs> 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 Took me a second. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
Uh, you gonna say something, Chris? I know I lost it. I was gonna. <laughs> well, <that> was nice. <laughs> I there. There's like to kind of build on that right there. Sure. Is that like this? This um, you know, like like the the generation, you know, like the boomer generation. Yep. Which is so terrified and i would even argue a lot of people in gen x even even like millennials too Mm -hmm. that are like that are so disconnected from culture yeah right that have this fear of new technology oh 100 and they're just like oh well you know people are getting taken advantage of they're getting our data and blah 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 i'm like okay i think you live in a world where you think that we're all falling for the email from the Nigerian prince mm. that wants $100 from you, right? Sure. Or whatever it is. But the reality is the generation that grows up with the technology yep. can navigate it much better than you can. 100%. So they're hip to the to the scams and to the things that to look out for. I was talking to my 16-year-old nephew, mm-hmm. and he was like pointing shit out to me on Instagram and TikTok of, of like why this account doesn't look real. Now there's glaringly obvious examples, certainly, right? Certainly. Pretty but, girls who want to follow me are not real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then there are like but then there are ones that are less obvious and that generation can spot that. Oh, 100%. Too, yeah, know? absolutely. And that's the shit where I might even get like cuz I I try to be cuz with the business accounts and stuff you get hit all the time with bullshit. Yeah, yeah. So you try and be like on top of like what the newest thing is. Yeah. Um, but these kids, man, they have a, they get it way quicker and they know how to do it. So in case it's being done to them, they can recognize it better. Absolutely. And that, that is, is also, that's partially the, the, the advantage of youth. Yeah. You know, like the, like as a former educator, I understand that, that people's people, when they're younger, synapses connect faster, right? So they can see things and and their brains are more malleable, and mm-hmm. they can go, "Oh, cool! That's that indicates to me that this, right?" And that's just language and communication. And that's and it's developed differently with them than it has with us because I didn't grow up with screens. I did like it blows my mind that I get to touch a screen that moves. <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't. I get it, but like, yeah, I have an iPhone. It's on my hat. Yeah, but <laughs> but but like <laughs> there it is. But I, it's 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 not it's not second nature to me. Right. And it's also not something that I would have engineered. Right. Right. But to those people, those people, by, by those people, I mean younger people, what's cool is, is that, is that they're, that to them, that's, that's just communication. That's just, that's just language. And to us, it's technology. Right. Right. And it's like, it's like, um, I'm not, I want you to check something for yourself. And this is your homework. Okay. Okay. You too, Chris. This is homework. Oh, right. If if you if you at all have the ability to lucid dream, look for look for a telephone that is not connected to a wall. Hmm. When you're when you're next time you're dreaming, like you you guys uh, on, out on the internet, I want you to do the same thing. And I I guarantee you, whether you will be able to conjure one in your dream, will <clears throat> it will connect to your generation. Interesting, right? And the reason I say that is because. The things that we like when we're dreaming, it's all creative, right? It's it's just the creative side of our brain. It's not the analytical side of our brain. You can't read a book in your dreams. Spoiler alert: pick up one, try it. It's fun. Um, you won't be able to, right? Uh, light switches also don't work because those are things that we think of as analytical, right? That's that's mm. that's engineering, right? Now, the the thing about dreams as as a as a as a process is that is that the only things that exist are things that we think of as like kind of installed human like 
ways of communication and ways of ways of, of of expression, right? That's why, like, oh, if I always wanted to fly, I can fly, right? If you didn't have an iPhone as a kid, and you're 45, you you can't you can't think of it as like, oh yeah, that's just how I communicate with the world. That's right. Not, that's not how you know. Like, but younger people, what's cool it, or Maybe I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's cool or not. But time will tell. <clears throat> yeah, time will tell. But what what it was what is interesting at least is that is that that younger people and and younger creative people just see that just see technology as and the internet and all the like all of like more advanced technologies as as just a part of their expressive connection to the world. Right. You know. Whereas I to me like my like when I'm when I'm dreaming it's typewriters. You know what I mean? Or, or like, you know, crayons or whatever. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Like, and I don't mean that I don't mean that jokingly. It's funny, but like but but legitimately, like when you think of like formative things that, that, yeah. that you express yourself with. Right, you right. Know? There's like a there's like a uh, the creativity for for somebody who's not who's grown up in a different generation is kind of anchored in what their experience is up until a certain point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's formative. Yeah. It's formative. And so if you didn't have those those accesses when you were when you were in your formative days, then it just it just doesn't ever bloom for you. Right. right? So that's the that's a cool part about again looking at like the generational stuff and seeing seeing Parks and Raz or some of the younger bands and seeing them be like, oh, check it out! Like they're they're doing stuff and it's it's it, their their approach and their connection to it is very different from my approach and my connection to it mm. because they're just generationally different. But when it comes to like skill set, the only thing that they've got to do is just keep on trucking and they're going to get there and they're going to be able to be much better players, much better singers, much better writers, and much better communicators than maybe that any of us are because by the time they catch Definitely, up to us, yeah. yeah, by the time they catch up to us in age, they they would have had all these advantages that we didn't have. Right. Right? Like I had to I had to like listen to records, yeah. and cassette tapes to try and learn guitar parts. Right. You know? And and so when I'm trying to like figure out how to play these damn parts and I was into shred metal as a kid, right? So like the me- the notes just fly by, yeah. you know? And so when you're trying to learn things that are of, of very, very high virtuosity and the notes are just flying by and you're like, okay, let's say, I don't even know what this is but I'm going to try and figure out how these notes connect and then you pick up your instrument and you try and you like listen to that three seconds then push, rewind, push, play Right now, if you want to learn like Marty Friedman solos, or if you want to learn like, if, let's make it a little simpler. If you want to learn like Southern rock solos, like you want to learn the cool part of of Freebird, right? Yeah. The weedly weedly wee part, right? Yeah. What's that one? I don't know. <laughs> that, Any cool part of Freebird? It's the last two minutes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. The part the part that the people are actually screaming for, and not the part that you play when they ask for. The cool part right. is when it's over. Just you're so right. clear. Yeah. You're right. But I think the guitar solos are pretty right. It's a great solo. Yeah. 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 The solo is right. Yeah. But like the weedly weedly wee stuff at the end, you know, yeah. is it like. You can just go to YouTube and type in Freebird guitar solo tutorial, and then some jerk off on a flat cap is going to be teaching it to you, yeah. and, and he's going to teach it to you pretty note perfect, and it's going to be rad because y- you, as a young person, you, not me, are can just do that, and that's part of your journey now. Right. You know? Totally, man. It's awesome that that's the case. And like, there, there's, like, there's even tools even beyond like tutorials, like for me, I can't learn with tutorials. I am dumb and people try to explain it to me. I'm like, dude, just play the fucking song. I will fucking figure it out from there. Right. But like, 
what does help that you can do now much easier than than in previous decades is that you can at least slow the track down on oh, YouTube, yeah. right? Whereas back in the day you could, but then if by they would they would put quarters on records yeah. and weigh it down, but it would change the pitch. It would change the so pitch, you had to yeah. learn in a different in a different key, and then you'd have to move it up or whatever. Oh, yeah. Now you can slow the track down. It sounds like garbage, yeah, but you can pick out the notes. You get all those artifacts, pitch. yeah. Yeah, and I, that's what I was going to say is even like that's kind of how I came up with it too is like there wasn't tutorials all over YouTube, but you could go on YouTube and slow it down. Yeah. And now there's the tutorials. There's like tab websites oh, yeah. where you can slow it, like the tab will play for play, you. And the yeah, I've seen it. And all that stuff. And it's like even 10 years past me, there's already a whole other crop of like ways of learning and stuff. Certainly. Like it's moving that quick. Yeah. Like, when I started playing, we didn't even have tabs. We had, <laughs> really? no, we had shape notes. That's it. Shape notes, like actual notes. Oh, like notes. gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. actual note notes. I'm a. I, yeah. I, I know. When was zero invented? That's a well, let me rephrase that. It wasn't in every book when I started playing. It probably existed. Do Google it. Check my work on that. But uh, to, but to your point, though, even if it was around, like, ta like tabs is, is so new that even the way that it's written has gotten more sophisticated. Certainly. Yeah, right? Certainly. From when I first started, it was like it was just just the the the, the numbers, numbers yeah with no rhythmic uh, context no slide context uh -huh. nothing and then now they have like you know notation for all that yeah they so have notation for for like pre bends on a whammy bar yeah like, all that sort of stuff and it's really interesting so did we find out when tab was made was it pre-1983 it was made in the 15th century <laughs> no that can't be true because uh, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna call bullshit on that and i'll tell you why because fretted instruments didn't exist then. No, the lute and baroque guitar had frets. Oh, you're right. Okay, yeah, you're, I am. Lute. You're right. Uh, yeah. And I can put this up, but here's a. Uh, I'll put this on the on the episode. There's In the show a little, notes. Uh, yeah. Look, it's right there. Yeah. Okay. Look at that. Damn. I'm. But wrong. it wasn't everywhere. I mean, like yeah. that's the thing. It became popular. Like I think became, my problem is I wasn't playing lute. <laughs> <laughs> Same. I always do it with something. Damn it. Before 1983, yeah, actually, like 500 years. <laughs> <laughs> On Damn you. it! Okay, you're right. Three hundred years, and I got. Oh, yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. However, Beethoven. Uh, you know, I can't say how popular Beethoven and stuff was in the 1980s. So, the music notation that went alongside of it, also not being popular, doesn't you know surprise me too much. So, the funny thing about Beethoven is that Beethoven wasn't around in the 16th century, first of all. But second of all, like, and going back to the 80s, mm. when I first started playing. Beethoven was my shit. Yeah. Like uh, when I first started playing, like, like just quick backstory of like where I was Please. when I started or yeah. how I got there. Yeah. Right. The, it's a t kind of a two part thing. The first part was, was I walked into a Zare department store, which now is the, the company that was there is now known as TJ Maxx. It wasn't known as TJ Maxx then. Mm. Right. So it was a discount store. There was one on beach Boulevard across the next to the skate arena. Right. So there's a skating is, there, is, it, is it still there, the skating rink? No, the no. skating rink and all that stuff is like a screwed up parking lot across the street from the flea market next to the bowling alley. Oh, okay, got gotcha, you. Yeah. Right, but that but that shopping center was like bustling because it was the Zare and the skate arena were there, right? So I walked into that Zare and for some reason, I have no idea why it was there and where it ended up because it didn't end up in my life. There was this Strat-shaped guitar, definitely not a Strat, with... The Commodores, the band, the Commodores, yeah. airbrushed on it, <laughs> and I thought, like, and like, I, I was five years old. It was 1983, and I was looking at it, and I was like, I was like, black men from outer space. I don't know what that thing does, but that is what I want to do forever, <laughs> right? Like that thing is so sweet. Yeah, and I begged my parents, and they're like, Hell no, we're not buying you that thing, right? And eventually, I got a guitar. So there's that, and that's where that's where like literally, age five. 
I, by the end of that year, I, I was taking guitar lessons. I was in it. And, and so that was like, I was, the bug was 40 years ago. I was in. That's awesome. Um, but, you know, my parents didn't have money, which is why I didn't get the guitar. But my parents also didn't have a killer record collection. They had a small record collection, but they didn't have a killer record collection. And so my parents were like, you want to play music? You kind of got to listen to music to, to play music. So, like, they, they hit me to the fact that in order to listen to what pretty much whatever you want, pre-Spotify, the library was the, was the jam. Mm. So I'd catch the city bus and go to the library. And, th- th- and th- like, it was the 80s, so, like, I understand. Don't at me with a, it, that this is unsafe and your parents should be fired. Whatever, man, they're both dead. But <laughs> the important part is, is, is that it was the 80s, and what was considered safe in the 80s is not considered safe now. And I took the city bus alone to the, to the, the library, and I couldn't read yet. Right, so I would just knew what bus to take when you were like five. When I was like five and six, yeah. that's insane, dude. <clears throat> and so, like, I'm like, fuck it, I'm going. You're like, you know, my parents are like, he's going to the library. We know where to find him if we need to. You know, yeah. And so I would do that, right? And I would go there. Um, and like sometimes my parents would drop me off, but like if they they refused, then like it wasn't expensive. Yeah, it's like fifty cents, yeah, five cents. I yeah. could do it, you know. So I could go to like Saturday. I got nothing to do. Guitar lessons are over. What am I going to do? I'm going to go to the library. I go to the library, and since I couldn't read, all I did was pick records that I thought the covers were rad, mm. right? And so, like, I listened to a lot of Journey because nice. the covers were rad. Yeah, mm-hmm. I listen and I listened to a lot of classical records because classical records have all these impressionist paintings yeah. or like crazy shit. Yeah. Like, like most of the Berlioz Symphony Fantastique covers were like paintings of hell. You know what I mean? It's like, look at this, like, dragons and shit. Like, oh, man, what is going on? I love this. Yeah. You know? And so, like, going back to how popular was Beethoven. I don't know how popular he was with everybody else. Yeah. But with me, like, seeing, like, crazy geometric stuff or, like, crazy, like, explosions and stuff on on album covers or seeing battlefields, like, like, I'm like, yes, I want that. (laughs) I don't know what it is, but I'm throwing it on. And so I ended up not having the greatest foundation in, like, what was popular like I, I would go to school and kids would be like yo salt and pepper I'd be like, I use that shit on my food what are you talking about <laughs> like, like you know but check out this impilitary record you know yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell are you talking about I'm like Chris impilitary man he's got the coolest mullet and he shreds you know and they'd be like and so I only got cool with like just music as like a like I don't know how to describe it like I guess Franz Liszt would have called it like like tone shaping and like like just basically like the way that terrace dynamics and things things laid on top of each other and 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 like just the sounds that i couldn't identify were exceedingly cool to me Hmm. and also really really high virtuosity was really cool to me virtuosic playing was really cool to me and so like i didn't i I, hip-hop was in my neighborhood latin music was in my neighborhood because i lived in the projects but like or lived next to the projects i lived in a house next to the projects Mm. let's be real i'm not gonna fake the funk right? (laughs) (laughs) right but but like there was lots of hip hop. There was lots of Latin music in my in my neighborhood. A little bit of jazz in my neighborhood, but but I did I didn't really resonate with that stuff because it was like, man, there's not there's not somebody shredding on whatever instrument they're playing. There isn't there isn't like cool and interesting textures coming out of that, right? You know. But I go and I pick up like this thing that looks got like a bunch of triangles and and circles on it, and I'm like, what is this? And then I put it on, and I later find out it's 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 Microcosmos. By Bartok, mm. and I'm like, I don't understand any of this stuff. It just sounds like somebody beating a piano in a way that a piano is not supposed to be played, and I don't get it, right? And re- in reality, that's exactly what's happening, mm. but it's very meticulous. And it's like, ne- and when I got to college, I was like, 
I don't know. I, I got it. Yeah. You know, because then I could like get into get into understanding better the idea of 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 uh, of composition and 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 things of that nature and and why like really out sounding stuff is compelling or can right. be compelling if uh-huh. you're if you're hip. Yeah. If you're not hip to it, it can be very off putting, right? Yeah, totally. Like there's 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 music that's hard to play. There's music that's hard to listen to, and then there's music that's both. Yeah. And Bartok's Microcosmos is both. You know, it's it's like if you don't if you aren't ready to be like shocked by it, it's not cool for you, right? I've never even heard it before. Oh, it's it's nuts a lot. It's it's kind of like etude esque. Okay. And it's like there it's it's kind of a comp, comp like a almost an etude book, but it's 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 a bunch of really like rough like lots of minor seconds, lots of major sevens, and just weird stuff and. Like, and it's hard as hell to play, and it's like in thirty seconds it's over, yeah, and then you're on to the next one, and it's like, and it's a yeah. So check it out, like it's it, if you want to really screw up your 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 uh, Spotify logarithm <laughs> or algorithm, that's a great way to do it. But it's killer, like it's really really interesting, and that, like I'd see stuff like that, and I'd be like, I don't get it. And I mean, you look at, I would look at the record, and I'd be like, whoa, there's like so many songs on this thing yeah you know and then be the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one you know and and yeah so that stuff was all really interesting to me and 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 it, it really screwed up well, screwed up's not the right word but it put a bend on how i approach things yeah because being so into classical music which i eventually got my degree in in classical music and also being like hearing different instruments and in different and different different tones just kind of piling onto each other making really interesting textures really made me kind of way before it was cool way before it was even a concept kind of dismiss the idea of genre and and gave, I gave no shits about it you know when people would be like yo are you into this and I'd be like I don't know play it and then I'd listen to whatever whatever and sometimes I'd be in and sometimes I'd be out you know like if it was if it was I don't know, like, like there was a lot of Miami bass here in the eighties, right? Like, like, like that kind of hip hop was like, was really popular and I wasn't in, I was like, I was like, ah, okay. Monophonic bass lines played by an 808, Yeah. you know, and I'm not down, you know, I am now, but, but then I was like, I was like, I don't get it. I don't want to dance. Those dudes are, no, they're not speaking to me, Yeah. you know, but then I would hear like, there's a there was a guy who lived at the end of my street, um, who was a jazz upright player. Um, uh, he was really good friends with Bunky Green. Mm-hmm. Um, so the guy's name was Al Daniels, and I would just like be skateboarding outside, and Al would be be listening to like, I don't know, Coltrane or something. You know, listening to impressions, and and it's like hearing those chords. Even when you get it, you don't get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, that's like, it's like, what the hell is going on there? And, you know, and he's listening to the record and just jamming. And I'm like, I don't know what Al's doing, but I want to go talk to him. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't want to talk to these kids who are listening to Africa Bambada. Yeah, I'll talk to them later, but I don't yeah. want to talk to Al, you know? <laughs> and so it's really interesting to see how that turned, what that turned into. And it kind of, it, speaking of formative stuff and how you communicate, like that kind of became how I communicate musically. It is like I only want to play music that is compelling to me, right? And I only want to play with people that I think are good hangs, right? Money will figure it out, you know. And and you know, 
Like here it is for the hack for all the people who ever want to hire me to do anything. If if I if I dig who's on the gig, if I dig the gig, I will do it for almost nothing. Right? If if it's like man, we're, we're mm-hmm. playing a gig and Anton's going to be there and Chris is going to be there and Juan's going to Juan Roland's going to be there and uh, I don't know. Let's let's pick some cool like Stan Piper's going to be on bass. Yeah, and Stefan will show. Stefan's going to play drums, yeah. uh, but and me, <laughs> and, and, me and him and yeah. I'm going to play drums too, and we're yeah. both going to like trade. Yeah, totally. Like, it's going to be like oh yeah. I'll, I'll I'll do that for five bucks in a in a hot dog and handshake. Man. Yeah, like, just do it right. But if it's like, hey man, it's it's like it's a car show. Um, <laughs> the guys the guys the guys in the band are all kind of nerds and they, like they really don't they don't really learn. Let's, let's drop some things. names. So who we, who don't we want to play with? <laughs> who <this> don't? <laughs> Stefan, Stan <laughs> Piper, <laughs> Juan Rowan. Yeah, they're Anton. All they're all, we're yeah, all nerds, yeah. dude. Come yeah. on. <laughs> and 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 they're gonna play and we're gonna, they want you to play Mustang Sally for forty five minutes and I'm like. Yeah. Um, that's going to cost you $800. Yeah. You know? And so like, that's the thing. That's a thing for me. It's like, that has just turned into, and that has nothing to do with, with genre. Right. Because like, if somebody's like, Hey man, there's like this electronic artist that you, you may or may not be hip to, but, but they're doing cool stuff. Will you come play with it? If it's cool, even if I'm not, fully versed in like I don't know what if that person's doing you know if they're doing like noise stuff or they're doing like I'm I'm not I'm not so plugged into I'm trying to find something in my brain like I'm not so plugged into like two-step drum and bass yeah right I know it exists but I'm not I, I don't get it you know what I mean yeah so like maybe Jojo Mayer would be the better drummer but like he's not available so I guess it's me right yeah <laughs> uh, and and that stuff's really like I would do it and I would I would have fun doing it you know and in the, similarly if somebody was like I get that this is not so hip, but I love it. If somebody's like, "Hey, man, I just need you to come sit in on a Telecaster and play, and play with this like shit kicking '90s country band," like I don't like listening to that music, really. But man, do I love playing it! It's fun to play. It's so I much know, fun, dude. so much fun. You like, like you wouldn't get from the hat and the boots that that's not like you know like not what yeah. I what I rock <laughs> in my in what my you truck. Listen to on the way over here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not. <laughs> I did listen to country music, but it wasn't that right. Uh-huh. But, but like you know, it's but it's it's playing it is so much fun, mm-hmm. you know. And and th- those two things like two step, you know, electronic music and shit kicking 90s country couldn't be more different but i am so happy to do either because i'm happy to be in music that is compelling with people that are good hangs yeah you know i think that's i think that's a thing that maybe we don't talk like not we but like people don't talk about enough well it's an interesting dynamic i think uh that exists i don't know well let me yeah, get a sip, man. Water. If you don't drink it, you'll die. It's, that's tequila. That's, that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> tequila. If you don't drink it, you'll die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At this point in my life, dude. <laughs> um, no, but there. I don't know if this is a unique trait to musicians or not, but um, c- certainly it's a quality amongst artists where I think that because we're lucky enough to get to do what we love for a living, yeah, at yeah. least in some capacity, we've also adopted this interesting dynamic where money can become secondary to the experience of creating certainly right so now if someone's hitting like to your point if i'm getting hit up to do a wedding gig Mm -hmm. then this it really doesn't matter who's on the gig i know that i want x amount of dollars because i know what what the end result is going to be absolutely now if we're talking about like blue jay listening room with the same lineup that we just talked about shout out to kara um 
then I would absolutely, and they, I got called for that gig on a Tuesday night jam or like a Monday night jam or something. Yeah. I don't need a dollar for that. 100%. Just because I know the, the, the players that are going to be there are killer. I know that we're going to be improvising and creating something on the spot. Yeah. And I know that everybody in, the, in both in, on both those nights are like friends of mine as much as musicians can be, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so. yeah. There, there's some people you played on a gig one time with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're your best friends. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely so, that. I, and it's a weird, it's, it's weird because like, I've is it something that I've learned in like putting together my own bands over the years is like, okay, cultivate a cool environment and offer up like a creative space mm -hmm. in the context of like writing and stuff. And then furthermore, offer up like cool gigs Absolutely. where like festivals or touring or whatever it might be. And, you know, are we recording and doing studio stuff? Well, these are all things that le legitimately most people in the, in the world will never get to do. And then further, like even most musicians that start bands don't, don't even take on half of these things I just mentioned. Absolutely. So if you're creating that kind of environment along with a, with a good hang, the music really is kind of secondary. Sure. And, and, and like the money totally becomes secondary. Yeah, the, the music I don't think is secondary, but I think the music totally is. Yeah. 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 Well, you mean the money? The money is. Yeah, the money yeah. is secondary. Music is not. Music music's not secondary, but I will say that's but like like kind of to your point, I, I'm not a country guy. Right. I, it's not even my favorite thing to listen to. Sure. Right. But I will play in a country band yeah. with the right people. Hell yeah, you would. Um so you know, I can I can pretty any music really for me, like as long as the people are cool and there's like stuff happening, like we're gonna be like recording, especially I love fucking recording, yeah, dude. Yeah. That's like my that's that's my fucking on button right there, dude. I love it. I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I can I'll do whatever the gig is at that point if I know we're cool and we're like we're we're writing tunes and we're like recording shit. And yeah, and you're creating and you're and you get to layer things. Yeah, you, you get to create the whatever the texture is that yeah. the yeah. stuff that turned me on as a child. Yeah, dude. It's the thing, exactly the, that. The reason that you started playing music in the first place. Exactly. Uh, that. I I talk to musicians that are that are so kind of jaded and just succumbing to the to the cover band thing or whatever and look it pays my bills i'm not right. talking shit about the grind no no no. we all we all gotta do what we gotta, we gotta do eat. but like when i see musicians that aren't even willing to to fathom a creative endeavor mm -hmm. i'm like did you start doing this so you could play fucking you know mustang Journey sally, to mustang right. sally yeah. or like whatever it is like you know or did you want to create something absolutely you know just because maybe it, it gets to a certain point in your life where it's like even if there's no end game for the creative project, it's just the, the experience of creating itself. That's what 100%, it's all about. Hundred percent. I think that's that is so important. I think I think that people need to real people who are creative need to realize that if if they aren't driven to create, then they should go do something else. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you, if you wake up in the morning and you don't feel like energized to make something. Right, like if you if like if let's put music aside just for a sec. If you're like if you're a painter and you don't wake, if you call yourself a painter and you wake up in the morning and you don't want to put paint to canvas, you're not a painter, nor should you be. If you don't, if you want or call yourself a writer and you wake up in the morning, you don't want to write, you probably shouldn't be a writer, you know. And if if you wake up in the morning and you are a writer and you don't get to write and you have to go to your accountant job and it pisses you off. You are a writer. Yeah. So I want to I want to <clears throat> parse through this a little bit because I like this sentiment, but also I think that there's there there's a, a different interpretation of it because I do think that whether you're a creative person 
or um or you know what when you are a creative person i think that there are lulls in when you feel inspired to create there are days where i wake up and i don't even want to look at my guitar sure right now there's a quote that i heard recently i can't remember who the quote was by but i thought it was brilliant and it was like (laughs) um fuck i think it was uh inspiration is for amateurs yep and fuck what's the second half of that quote dude it's so it like nails it perfectly um but it, like the work is for the professionals or whatever it is you know, the, the act of doing the thing yeah, absolutely. is for the, so it's like i think that i think that it yes even if you don't want to write or do whatever it is that day you're still the thing but whether do you get up even when you don't want to do it and do it yes and that's the thing yes. right there i know you've been doing muay thai yeah and more from a boxing point of view, that the, there is the ethos that the fight is one in the gym, mm-hmm. right? The and and I feel like, like, as musicians, the the fight is one in the practice room. The fight is one on the fact that we yeah. bothered to pick up the damn thing yeah. at all. Exactly. And if like, of course, there's going to be days when you don't want to play guitar. Of course, there are. You know, because like maybe you played the car show yesterday with those dudes that we talked about. Yeah. You didn't want to. Shout out to car shows. They're actually pretty fun. I've played some really great ones with yeah. them and the burners and I love it. Let's do that more. We're doing it soon. But you want to plug it? No, I, I don't have the date in my I don't have the date in my mind, but we are playing the 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 Callahan Cruisers Toys for Tots one and it's cool. that's that one's always Oh hell cool. yeah, that's cool. You know, it's like I no, I get to play fun rockabilly music with good hangs and good cause yeah and it's a good cause like i love that, that checks so many boxes yeah i and i'm not actually shooting on car shows is what i'm getting at <laughs> yeah, yeah sorry about car sh- car people don't uh, if you haven't tuned out please don't tune out now yeah Stay with <laughs> but like yeah maybe yesterday you played the crappy gig maybe maybe you played a denny's yesterday and you just don't love it you right. know and it's like today you're like uh denny's denny's still resonates in my soul and i don't want to do it right yeah you should still pick it up and do it you need to do it yeah totally you know because if you if you don't fight through the times when you don't want to do it then you aren't rewarded with the ability to do the times that you do want to do yeah exactly or you're going to get in the ring get your ass knocked out yeah totally or you're just going to show up and flub a bunch of bad notes which is a musical equivalent right yeah you're going to get up there and you're gonna you're not going to have a good creative day you're not going to have by the time you are inspired like maybe you've like you've lost so much you know yeah totally and this is something that i feel (laughs) i experienced when when i had side hustle because this is like when you're like running a band independently and like you're not whatever there's a lot of hats that you wear and then for me in side hustle what started to fail was the musicality for me oh absolutely i started like i wasn't practicing the way i should i was like i was like just botching gigs Mm -hmm. and i was like is the music wasn't particularly like easy music to play so it was like you know you had to be on top of it and um, ultimately, I, you know, there's many reasons why that project failed, but I think that that was a big part of it. And in that experience, what I've learned is almost counter to what we were talking about earlier about, you know, being able to do all these different aspects of the thing. Sure. Um, I think that remembering what the most important part of the whole thing is and making sure that's always priority is 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 your is your craft yeah absolutely absolutely, yeah and like and and now i as i'm like as i've gone through this whole experience i'm like you know making more of an effort to like practice every day and you know write when i when i when i have like the when i when i i should be focusing more on writing i'm just practicing a lot right now but either way 
like I think that you know waking up and just making your your thing like the craft that's I, your purpose hundred percent hundred percent if whatever whatever the central focus is needs to be the crown jewel and it needs to be the thing that stays polished and stays sharp and stays clear mm-hmm. absolutely the rest falls into place it certainly does mm-hmm. but that does does that doesn't mean ignore those things no totally because you still have to you have to do those things like uh the oh gosh I can't remember the guy's name but the guy the guy who started Patagonia um Who's whatever whatever his name is, I'm not even gonna bother. Um, <laughs> the guy who started Patagonia ha- has a really interest- interesting point of view on like on preparedness, and he's like he's like I started Patagonia because I wanted to make good outdoor clothing, and that's my 100. percent But everything else is a 90. percent mm. And he and and he talks about like oh you know I'm not a mountain climber, but you know I'm 90 percent proficient at mountain climbing. I'm not I'm not a skier. But I can do that ninety percent. I can, you know what I mean. And what's cool is like is is taking that mentality of 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 definitely taking the one thing that you are that you think of as as the centerpiece, and really really focusing and keeping it and winning that fight in the in in the gym. But then the other things, just getting them enough that that they don't seem like an afterthought or they don't seem seem like crappy because you didn't give them any yeah totally respect yeah you know um like the 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 thing about building skills is that is that even if you want don't want to think of a skill as your primary which is probably a good idea to not think of all skills as your primary because it's not it's a good idea nobody can like it's a bad idea to spread yourself so thin but uh, despite the fact that i do it um (laughs) is that is that you can you can still like get those get a bunch of skills and get at least at least enough proficiency that you're not an embarrassment to the to it you know what i mean you have to give it dignity you have yeah, to give it, yeah of course respect. because it's a real skill set <clears throat> absolutely that, that, uh, that somebody else does you know take like make their primary purpose certainly and then furthermore um especially as an artist or a musician i'll, I'll speak in the context of musicians um but like we have to work with so many different creative people mm-hmm. um, outside of music. So when you're, you're developing flyers or when or promo material, whatever it might be for working, doing music video stuff yeah. or engineering in the studio, to have a basic understanding of all of it, if nothing for, for nothing more than just to be able to communicate 100%. to people, you know. Yes. All right, guys. This episode's brought to you by Best Buds CBD Store. If you're like me, maybe THC isn't always the right high for you, or maybe the legal status of THC has you a bit hesitant to indulge. So at Best Buds CBD Store, they have an array of CBD and Delta 8 THC products. These guys truly care about their service, so everything is meticulously sourced and prepared to deliver a top-notch product and experience. If you head to their website, you'll find all kinds of educational information regarding Delta THC and CBD. Uh, not to mention, if you use promo code BOTBPOD. That's B-O-T-B pod. You'll save 10% on your order. This is not a one-time deal. If you use promo code BOTBPOD, every time you place an order with Best Buds, it will give you 10% off. That's in perpetuity forever. So head over to bestbudscbdstore.com and start saving on all of your CBD and Delta A products. Enjoy, guys. One of my, one of my pet peeves, you'll, and I think you'll understand this as, as, as somebody who does recordings. <sighs> I'm not calling anybody out. I love everybody I've ever worked with. Mm. They're all great people. <laughs> One of the things that really bugs me sometimes is when you there is an easy fix to a problem and the other person just doesn't like have the the vocabulary to just tell you what the fix is. Right. You know? So like if if like if you deliver somebody a mix Right, and they go, oh, the snare drum doesn't sound good. I'm like, well, that's your snare drum. You tuned it. You know, like, 
I just put a microphone on it. You tell me what you want, you know, and I, I can go back. I can, I can compress it. I can bring it up in the mix. I can bring it down in the mix. I can EQ it. What, what's wrong with it? Like, and they're like, I don't know. It just doesn't sound right. Yeah. And then it's like, mm. what do you mean? Like, tell me more. You know, like, ah, just, it just doesn't sit right with how I feel. And it's like, this is a terrible decision. Yeah. This gives me this nothing. Is, yeah. I, I, I can't fix it. If you can't tell me what you don't, what, what our problem is, you know? And that is, that is a part of, if you are going to be part of, like, if you had the 90% of proficiency, you could at least go, ah, it might be, it's, it's definitely an amplitude thing and not a frequency thing. Mm. Like, okay, cool. Maybe, maybe it's compression. Maybe it's just not up front. Maybe it's too loud. You know, like even if they don't have it all the way to go, yeah, man, it's just take out some 2k. It's poking me in the forehead. You know, like yeah. if they don't have that, that's fine. If they're just like, it's just kind of bright. Yeah. I don't know. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. Um, and, and like, like I know that I'm guilty of it when it comes to visual medium, you know, and, and I've, you know, work with people in visual mediums and I'm just like, I don't know, man. It's it 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 looks funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And like I I'm sorry. I'll work on it. I will try and find out find out what the vocabulary is, but I don't have it. Yeah. You know? Um but I but if I don't have the vocabulary and I don't know why I have a feeling, then I try not to try not to complain. Mm, that's you interesting. I th- because because if I don't like if I can't say it, if I can't go, oh yeah, this thing just doesn't sit right with me, it's not like it, it's not like a, a third party would also have the have the vocabulary. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know? And so I, I, I don't have – I. it's uncomfortable for me to be like, I'm going to complain about this thing that I feel like everybody else should should also feel. Mm-hmm. You know? If I can't if I can't bring you a, a possible actual complaint, then I, I don't have it. <laughs> you so know what I mean? Totally. And, and here's <laughs> – I've been very lucky over the years in working with uh, – like – you know, you get comfortable. I get comfortable with that certain point with people because I, this is a weird industry and there's, sure. you know, personalities and, you know, just creative stuff. So I've been working with the same engineer yep. for, you know, 10 years. That's great. Now, um, and uh, he's, and the reason why is because he's so like patient mm-hmm. and, you know, has helped me understand the vocabulary in the studio to at least a work. Like there's still so much that I don't know is I don't, I, I hate engineering with a, an absolute passion. <laughs> it, it, it is the bane of my existence when I have to, I have to record any, anything myself. I get it. Right. So, um, but in, in all that, I'll, I do love the production process, uh-huh. right? So I like to sit behind the engineer yeah, yeah. and just be the extra ears and saying what I want, what I don't want. Now, Absolutely. In that process, shout out to Jay, who does our YouTube stuff too, but has done all of the side hustle stuff and you know other records for me. So um, he uh, if I don't like something, he'll he'll sit there, okay, let's, let's mess with this and see what that is. Or, okay, does that sound better? Yeah, what did you do there? Right. And then they inform you. Yeah. And then now you make a note. So next time, this is what I don't want to hear. This is what I actually want to hear. That's that's exactly right. You know? And that's how you get to the ninety percent. Yeah, exactly. And if if you don't have the the ability to give that person's job the dignity to learn it, then then you're screwing up as somebody who's asking something of them. Exactly. I think you're absolutely right. And I think I think you're doing it right. And I think that's the way to do it. The way not to do it is to. Be like, I oh, don't know, man. Just it feels funny, and then and fix it. I'll I'll be back. Yeah. And then you're Rick Rubin, you know. And then everybody complains about your work methods, even if they can't argue with your with your 
output. Right. 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 And and so it's one of those things where it's like, eh. and that's also why if you if you do a little bit of just a little bit of digging at, at all of your favorite producers who aren't Rick Rubin, sorry, Rick, is you'll find that so many of your favorite producers of any genre, it doesn't matter, are are just great engineers who got tired of listening to producers not communicate yeah and not tell them what they needed to do and they're like ah, i just made this good and that producer didn't do anything right you know and it's like and they like and that guy got a credit in three points and i got i the got day an rate. hourly rate yeah, yeah. I got the day rate. <laughs> and then now i feel like garbage because that guy's like famous and i did all the work you know so this is an interesting <clears throat> No, if you want, go ahead, no, no, you're good. I'm just clearing my throat. Well, I, this is this is an interesting thing that we've talked about a little bit on the show, but I, this this the difference and understanding the difference between a producer and an engineer, and how as time has gone on, the, you know, engineers kind of become the producer. Certainly, but man, there are so <clears throat> many engineers out there that just don't have the care in them absolutely to be a producer and the hats are very different they are there you know because a producer needs to be the the extra set of ears Mm -hmm. and needs to to see the product before the product is even really fully fleshed out right it's a a creative it's a creative on taking whereas being an engineer is nearly mechanical it's mechanical it's just it's it's pushing buttons and understanding the mathematics of it all mic placement yeah face cancellation and correction all that stuff things and then you know some and and granted, the reason why it's good to have that that extra set of ears is because the engineer is busy doing all the other things. Yes, where it's like they can't always give you the attention to the detail that you're gonna need. So you might just do a take, and you might be I don't know what do you think. It's like uh, I mean, I, I was fucking with the compression on this <laughs> thing. It sounded fine to me, dude. Absolutely. And you're like, okay. And then you go back and listen to it a couple of days later, and you're like, well, that sucked. That we've torn the drums yeah. down already. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like, so it's good to have the extra set of ears on there. But I think like the best job security that you can have is an engineer that really cares about every project they take on. Absolutely. To have those extra ears. Nothing is less disheartening um, or more disheartening, I guess, than than an engineer who just you can tell is phoning it in. Oh yeah. Is for it sure. Pressing record. For okay. Sure. How do, what did you guys think? Okay, it, sounds fine. It's the sound guy that, that that line checks the band and then goes and gets a cigarette. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it, but he's he's the, he's actually making your record, which is uh, that's you know? scary. But that's also why the very best producers that I can, th- or best is not the word, the the producers that I prefer the work of generally are both, right? Like who? Mm-hmm. Butch Vig can, can place a microphone, can do his job, but also knows, how, knows what a good performance is and what a good song is. Um, Steve Albini, same deal. Like, and that guy, what I love about Steve Albini's work is that Steve Albini isn't afraid of of what I guess Stravinsky would call the aesthetics of ugliness, right? Mm. He can take like it, it doesn't everything doesn't have to be beautiful. It can just be right. Right. You know? Right. And and the what I think is really interesting about so many producers and also engineers is that is that they get really hung up or like dedicated to the idea of of what what right is. Mm-hmm. That they they if they're if they don't have a creative hat to put on or if they don't have a a a uh a producer's hat to put on, then maybe they lose the idea that 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 maybe if it sounds good, it is good, or if it sounds bad but appropriate, it's still good. Yeah, man. You know, like I, I don't know if you guys have like heard the 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 recent anniversary release of of In Utero, Mm-mm. but they re-released it um, with with Steve Albini's original masters. 
and not just the ones that the label wanted. Okay. Right? And they're way trashier and dirtier, but it's got way more like teeth to it. Yeah, it sounds so more badass, you know? And that record was great regardless, you know? But Steve didn't ha- get to put out the record he wanted because the label had w- had wants, you know? Right. And they're like, well, if you're if we're, if we're coming off of Nevermind with that super, super glossy Butch Vig style production, then we kind of want that. And, th- and they, they kind of like, you know, corrected some things and nudged some things. And, and you know, that was never Kurt Cobain's thing. You know what I mean? That was the label's thing. And, right. You know, and that was never that was never Steve Albini's thing. That was the label's thing because Steve Albini didn't give a shit what the label wanted. He he wanted to do what the artist wanted. Right. You know, and so like if, if you get a chance or if you can get your hands on it, or it might be on Spotify as as it's post like as it is in the, on on the on the vinyl. Um, but if you get a chance, listen to the 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 anniversary release of it because it's it's a very and if definitely ABE it and like check out how much more teeth it has, how much more like rough edges, but not like unintentional rough edges. Completely they're just they're decisions. Yeah. And it's awesome. Like the guitars are so much growlier and like zippery and uh, you know? And like less mid scooped and it's 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 pretty beautiful. Now are they the same takes, do you yes, know? Yes. Okay. They are. They're just they're just with his with his lack of nudging and Pro Tools-ishness, right? And also with his mix. Like, they sent it to somebody else to mix it after that. Um, there, he had an interview about it before the release, and it was that was essentially what he said. Was, mm. like, like, was that he was glad that they got to do an anniversary release and that Courtney Love was cool with it because he, like... It didn't matter what he thinks, right? Because because he's that kind of guy who's just like he's like you know I want I want all parties to be happy and right. as a producer slash engineer, it's not really my job to be happy. It's my job to deliver the correct thing, right? You know. But it was it's really interesting that that was his that was his point of view on it was that was that well it's not what I would have done, but you know, but it's what you guys want. I gave you what you want. Well, it takes a certain kind of. Uh sophistication in an artist to to set aside their ego oh 100 percent. yeah to take those lumps and be like no it doesn't matter it's not about me yeah yeah it's you know it's i feel like every every musician needs to take that same approach when it comes to their amen to to the writing in, in a creative project because like it's yes i mean you know we do create and write because that's something in us and it is a reflection of who we are and blah 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 and all that bullshit fucking hippy dippy stuff right but like also that when you get into a collaborative process everybody else has the same feeling about it yes and if we all trust that we have the the best intention in mind then at least give it a thought right give it the give it the 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 respect yeah. that, and 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 your bandmate the respect that they've earned in playing in band with you absolutely that their that their creative choice might be better than yours absolutely. or just might work better in that situation one hundred percent it's 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 the Coltrane Elvin Jones like in service of music only thing mm-hmm. you know um, like if you listen to the American takes of Love Supreme it's like like there there's so much space in some of that stuff and it's like oh it's so beautiful because not because while anybody on that on that session could have had the complete carte blanche to do so and ability to just blow chops and you know whatever they all just were like nah man it's cool like it's like oh shit yeah i feel it yeah you know and like 
there's nothing out like there's no weird comping there's no it's just like no let's let it let's let it feel like it has a rhythm let's let it feel like it has a current yeah you know and the, and so then when you know when train comes in it's like oh shit yeah that feels so good yeah you know instead of being like oh yeah you guys are doing it mm-hmm. i feel that two and four man yeah that Mozambique ride symbol is real dope. Like, yeah. like, like, and he does that later. You know what I mean? He doesn't in the third in the third movement. But man, it's like he doesn't have to like come out the gate with that shit. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, man, yes, yeah, service to music is so important, and being able to like give other people space to express themselves, and also knowing when when you're given that space and then using it in a way that that is not about you. Yeah, and is about the the tune or about about the medium is. Is paramount. It's beautiful when it happens, and it's awful when it doesn't. Yeah, it's you know when totally. people when people climb over. Th- I get it. I said that I said I was a shred metal kid, but like that's why I'm not a shred metal adult. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, it's also like it's it's a different thing, right? Like like when you're when you're improvising and building something, then we can get to the shred, or maybe, maybe we don't get to the shred. Whatever right. it calls for, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, when you're writing parts and it's very meticulated and it's all you know thought out, then that's a different thing. Yeah. If it calls for it, it calls for it. But I think that like, you know, when you're in the moment, really just like um, relinquishing all of your intuition to the moment absolutely and just allowing the music to tell you what needs to be played now yeah this is an ideal situation certainly right? we, we aren't all miles davis where we can learn learn everything then forget that shit and play like right yeah, i get that and then also we're not always playing with the right people 100%. and we're not always on in our own like personal life that carries on to the gig or whatever it might be we're just not always on you're right right but there are but you know those moments when it when you are on when everyone's right there, dude, it happens like once or twice a year, if that. Yeah, but, when you take the entire conversation we've had and put it into one moment. Yeah, right? exactly. When you have the good players in the good room with with the the five dollars you're getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> right. And and the audience is is in tune, and you've actually spent the time to actually learn to to just be able to not learn. Let's get learning out of it. To just be able to. Co- just communicate and to just let this thing that's in your hands to be the thing, like the, the delivery of whatever it is you're feeling and whatever you, you and the people around you are trying to communicate. Shit's rad. Yeah. It's the best, you know, it's unlike anything yeah. else. And, and that's, that's when music as a, as a performance becomes truly nonverbal and you can, you can just look at the homie and be like, you know what I mean? And it's not just a "Hey man, I appreciate you," or "Hey, you want to go get crystals after this." It's a, it's a, it's a "Hey man, we're taking this up a half step. You ready to modulate? Yeah, two, five, one, and C. Go, go, go. And we're there, you know. And everybody gets it. Everybody feels cool. And it's just you somehow you knew that, and no one said it beforehand. And exactly. It's rad. That's it's, it's 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 a feeling that's just like I don't even. You just can't put it into words. You really can't. You really can't. Like I I um. I don't believe in God, but that's the closest thing to religion that, that I get. Yeah, you know? same. It's yeah. like it's like I've you know I've I've tried all that shit in my life and none of it none of it worked. You know what I mean? I begged God to show up every day of my life as a child and as a teenager, and, and He never showed up. But you know what did? Music did. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And when and when the homies on the stage showed up, it was awesome. Yeah. You know, 
And so it's like, I even played at his house a couple, a couple times, you know? God. <laughs> Still do yeah. every week. Yeah, I've done it a bunch. He pays cash, man. He, he's he all does. good with me. He's, he he's cool. He's the chill. The check's always clear. I love that. But <laughs> yeah. And he always has nice drums and pianos, too, man. It's weird. Always. It's kind of it, crazy. His guitar amps often suck, but like it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm the same way. I've always had like this kind of, and we don't have to get too spiritual or whatever, yeah, but yeah. like I, I've always had like a very agnostic kind of view of all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, mean, I stopped believing in fairy tales when I was like eight. Yeah. You know, it's fine. <laughs> Hot take, sorry. Yeah. Unpopular um, opinions. Yeah, we'll get go. there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, if, if there's, the, there, was, there, there was certainly a time in my life, maybe... We're at, we're at, well, certainly a time in my life when I was like very atheist. Like, I was like, sure. there's like, sure. fucking, we, that once you die, it's just black. That's me that's now. Yeah. yeah. Music, I think, has actually taken me a bit of the other direction. I could do that. Not in a sense where it's like, you know, certainly not in the, a Western idea of, of religion. Sure. However, um, there's experiences, um, in those moments of that, of that oneness yeah. where you're like, dude, this is like, no one here is thinking or communicating in any other way than just what's happening musically right now. And it's just like, I don't know, like that, that, that's such a, a feeling of like peace and like, um, it's, it's all hippie shit, but it's great hippie shit. That's what it is. You know what I mean? it's, you know? it's peace. It's tranquility. It's yeah. togetherness. It's all the things that, that the Beatles and all those dudes from the sixties who did a bunch of drugs told us that we needed. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and you know, Killer, I love it. You're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, it is. It is the best stuff, um, and and I I can't attribute that to religion. I can't or yeah. to God or whatever. You know, yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. To a creator because I, I just can't do it. But that's also admittedly just me being an asshole, which is fine. <laughs> like I don't. Need well, I mean, it's you know, I think people can like just you can get to a certain place or you can't, right? Certainly, and certainly. they're just like you know whatever makes sense to you is what makes sense. Absolutely, to you. and I I envy that like. Sidebar, real quick. Yeah, yeah, I envy the shit out of people who are true religious, true believers. I yeah. envy them so much because I that ain't me. Yeah, you know. And like when I see people like break down crying because something touched their soul, like I don't know what that means. I tried; it didn't work. But man, that seems like the coolest shit <laughs> ever. Like yeah. they're just like, yes, touch me, Lord. And I'm like, all right, cool. I, you know, like, and maybe like hopefully I'm playing at an AME church. And I get to play a praise break at that point. <laughs> yeah. Like hopefully that's what's happening. If not, I just get to watch it on TV or something. But it's rad. And I think those people, I think they have great experiences. And uh, I, I'm glad that they do. I'm just not one of them. Yeah, no, I, I feel that, bro. I'm the same way where I, I can't get to, I can't get there. Yeah, right? no way. Like that to me, like, like the only thing that makes sense to me is like, I don't know. Yeah, nowhere near it. Nowhere and, near it, man. And that's, yeah. and that's like where I've just kind of been at a state stage of my life where I'm, it might change. Maybe I'll get all the way there one day or maybe I'll go back the other way. I don't yeah. know. But like where I'm at right now is just like... <laughs> I've just said, I don't know. Yeah. And I think I'm just going to leave it there for right now. I'm tired of contemplating it so much. You know sure, what I mean? Sure, absolutely. And and that's, you know, like the good news about that is that regardless of whether we do or don't do that, we still have something that can unite us in a way that, you know, that all those things are supposed to. Yeah, man. And that's like the coolest thing about, about like music, I feel like. Absolutely. Is that you go to a show. Yep. And... There's, you know, whether it's 10 people in the crowd or a thousand people mm -hmm. in the crowd, you, you're, when you're an audience member, 
you're looking at at the at the stage and you're surrounded by people that you may or may not agree with except on this one moment you agree that we all love this thing happening right exactly here. exactly that and and that's as as a person with the furthest left of anyone i know politics right like i'm a filthy bastard communist yeah. like it's true <laughs> right and i'm not afraid to admit it and like 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 my my when i when i registered to vote i was a part of the communist party and f- until florida decided that they didn't exist anymore mm. right and, which is fine whatever man florida has a lot of funny ideas yeah. um <laughs> but, goofy yeah it's funny that way you know but but so like and that's fine right but yeah. what's but also let's take that and then and then look at my life as it exists as, as a professional right now. Um, I, I call myself Jackie Stranger. I'm a singer-songwriter who does Americana and country music, right? I'm also a brown person who is also the son of two immigrants, one of which was illegal at one point, mm. right? Me and my audience don't agree on a lot of things sometimes. Sure. You know? But you know what we do agree on? That I make them feel shit when I play. And, and they get it. And I get it. And, and I don't have to, like, fight them about it. You know what I mean? We can just, and I, and like, I wasn't going to fight those people anyways. You know what I mean? Like part of having pretty radical b- beliefs in America in 2023 means that you have to let a, let a lot of shit go. Yeah. You know? and, it, and well, either that or you have to like run yourself into the ground. And I did that a lot in my, in my, in my twenties. I'm too old for that shit now. Yeah. You know? And so now when the conversation comes, it's, I'll have the conversation, but what's more important to me is that is that I try and put good things and positivity and connectivity in the world. And what's so rad is that even if somebody is like super QE and Trumpy, right, they can listen to me play tunes that have nothing to do with that. And we weren't, we didn't come to talk about that anyways, you know, and we can still be cool with those tunes. Yeah, we can agree on yeah. this thing. Yeah, here. or we can all go watch somebody who we all admire and we can take whatever that thing is from like like putting my, putting myself back in that in that category. Like if we go see Rambler Kane play, yeah. right? Like if you see Pat play, if you see Patrick Kane play and you don't feel something, you don't have a Yeah, you're soulless. You're, yeah, but not only are you soulless, you're probably an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> you know like the guy just like he, he He's he's trying to and very well getting you like touching trying to touch a part of you that maybe has been hardened over so much division and so much disagreement and so much like all the bullshit of the world by the fact that you had to pay your bills and you're like either you know you're you're super super let down by the world or your mom didn't let you take the beamer whichever pissed you off Pat is still there to soothe that right you know and if you show up and you don't feel it then you're an asshole. But if, if you are in that room, it doesn't matter what you believe, you know, because like the only good old days is now. And that's, that tune kicks ass. And if you're in there, you can feel it. And we can all agree that, you know, like this moment and that sentiment in that tune works. Yeah. hundred you know? percent. It's like, it's like, it's like what it had to have been like to hear Coltrane play Love Supreme. Yeah. It, like, it had to have been that way. It, if you heard saw that shit live, like, it had to have been transformative, right? Even if not religious, it had to be transformative where you're just like, oh, God, these dudes are, are communicating so much and they're leaving so much space for just me to feel it and not, and not cramming a bunch of notes in there, not cramming a bunch of anything else, you know? And then, and then, 
and then it happens, you know? Yeah, and just, it's, like, it's just radiating. It's yeah. yeah, it's just but radiating that's the, positivity. That's the shit with music, man. Like, if you aren't on board, get on board because it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, music mm-hmm. kicks ass. These fucking people that, that have <laughs> shitty opinions about not liking music at all. Yeah. I'm like, dude, are you fucking like out of your fucking mind yeah they are but it's fine like, <laughs> like I mean, you must i mean what a miserable existence that must be certainly but hopefully hopefully for those people they have something else to fill that void maybe they're just like i really like star trek man that's what i'm into we should put, and like, and like that's we cool should, we should put all those people on an island somewhere and just let them be miserable <laughs> amongst themselves no 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 <laughs> without without miserable people how, who do i have to take inspiration from uh, my own misery I guess <laughs> uh, me too me too but like you know like uh, sometimes I want to write in the third person yeah <laughs> we put them on an island who's gonna shout freebird at your bar game exactly next week? exactly so he, he, a fun hack for that thing like is is uh, don't ever do this um is is to just play the tune and then and then but say like, hey, this is the last tune of the night. I was gonna play another 10, 20 minutes, but this dude asked for Freebird, and then just do it. Yeah. And then mm. like, I get that that's not fun. I don't like that. But 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 I'll tell you what, nothing will turn that audience on that dude faster. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. And you won't even get through the the first verse before they're like, please don't, please don't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and this is the extended cut too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah we're playing the 14 minute version, uh-huh. not, this, not that 11 minute version. And then man. also botch it while you're at yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Like yeah. play it really bad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on a solo acoustic gig and you want to hear, you want to hear Freebird. No, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that with an acoustic in my hand. I'm like, come on. Yeah, I'll cover. I'll do. I'll tell you what. I'll play each part individually, and it'll be a forty-five minute process. <laughs> I'll play guitar one, and then circle around and do it again, I'm and down. give you the second I'm one. Down. Yeah, yeah. We're working on getting shirts made for the podcast. Yeah. That say, um, I yelled "Freebird" at a bar. Oh, perfect. <laughs> or like, I'm with someone who yelled "Freebird" at a bar. That's even better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love <laughs> and it. And I'm gonna start throwing them out at gigs and just like having them with me. Anytime someone yells at this, you've earned this. Yes, uh, exactly that. Uh, uh, so real quick, just an aside. Just to just to like derail it with some positivity. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever seen LPT play Freebird. No, it I have actually. Fucking rules. I'll yeah, bet that shit's cool. Because you don't have a guitar player. Yeah, you know, and and they just do it, and they they do the harmonized guitar parts with a horn section. Does Josue sing it? Yeah, really. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Well, that's fucking so, dope. Yeah. What, how clever is that? Like yeah. the one salsa band in Jacksonville that's gonna go up and fucking do like the Jacksonville anthem. Yeah, we played the well, we played the fair together last year, and uh, this 2022. I'm not sure when you're watching this, but it was 2022. We played the fair together, and like I wasn't playing in in LPT, but I was playing before L- L- LPT. I stuck around because why wouldn't you, mm-hmm. right? And and uh, to 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 give Jacksonville the one thumbs up that I'm gonna give it this time. Um, that was that was the first time that a non-country act had headlined the fair, mm. um, in like uh, like in thirty years or something. Wow! Right. So I thought I thought that was rad, you know. And I was glad it wasn't me who took that from them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, shit, yeah, boys. Like y- y'all, they're doing it. You know yeah. What I mean? Like it's just nothing but the the killingest dudes, the 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 dudes who earned it. Like that band rules. I yeah. love every member of that band. I want to hug them all right now. Yeah. It's great. But but they were like, well, you know, we, here we are, and. We're, we're playing the fair. There's nothing more Jacksonville and maybe, you know, slightly more like Southern rock than playing the fair in Jacksonville. Yeah, totally. Right? Which, like, I'm not hating on that. I'm, I'm about to play the fair a shitload of times this year, <laughs> you know? But what I think is cool is that it was like, cool, we're just, that's why they learned it. Right. And, 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 and Angel did a, a fantastic job of transcribing it and, and like, like arranging it. Um, and I think 
yeah, it was, I think they did a masterful job. I think yep. it's really beautiful. If you get a chance, you know, do it. And if you see LPT, don't be afraid to scream Freebird because they will play <laughs> yeah, it probably. It's, and it's going to rule. So it's like a salsa version of Freebird? Kind of. I mean, it's 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 a... Um, well, or do they do like it like, like... No, no, no. They don't They don't play it like a rock rock band. But so um, I think you'll understand this. I um, have an issue with... with uh, Pigeonholing what, yeah, in- incorrectly identifying uh, ethnic musics, yeah, right. And I don't think I think it's it's more of a Roomba slash like bossa kind of thing. Okay, at, at least in the slow part. You know what I mean? Because it's not a salsa tune. Yeah, you know, it's not. Right. You know, it's 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 a slower tune. You know what I mean? So it's it's more of a bossa, more of a Roomba, not quite a salsa. Okay, I see. Yeah. So yeah. I all, before I decided to get my degree in in classical music, I was almost going to get an ethnomusicology. Really? Yeah. And then I realized that I felt like that was a terrible idea. Why? Because I am sensitive to exactly what I'm saying, and I felt like all the people around me who were also getting who were also getting degrees in ethnomusicology were a bunch of white people who didn't get it. Mm. Right? They were all faking the funk and being like thinking of it as a progressive thing right <clears throat> and this is me totally judging their intentions which is wrong that's what i was gonna say i don't i don't want to judge their intentions but it's the vibe i got okay right and it's also the vibe i got and i and the reason i can say that i got the vibe from them was i got that vibe from myself mm. right i i work i worked with the guru to 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 learn the basics of tabla um like i was already a, a proficient congero i i was learning uh central african balinese hand drumming like, Naturally, you know, like most people do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's actually a pretty rad story, which I'll si- aside in a moment. But but I was doing all that stuff, and I was like, I think it'd be really cool. But then at some point, you you start to think about like what you're doing, and you're like, I'm not from fucking Bali. I'm not from fucking Burundi. I'm not from you know what I mean. And nor am I. Nor do I think it's fair for for as a as a academic pursuit for me to consider myself like versed well enough in any of those things without going and like diving into that thing right. and i think that ethno- ethnomusicology as like a okay unpopular opinion um i think that ethnomusicology as a as a as a blanket is is too broad mm. you you like if if i wanted to get my degree in like the master drummers of burundi then i should go to burundi and work on that mm-hmm. right but I shouldn't spend six months working with one of those dudes and be like, cool, got it, see you later. Despite the fact that those dudes have spent their lives doing That's it. That's what I was going to say. And then, and then go to like go to Thailand and be like, cool, I'm going to go work on some gamelan like, gong shit and do that and then work on that, which I did. And then, and then be like there for three months and be like, cool, got it, see you later, and then go somewhere else. Right. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's, that's a terrible disservice and disrespect and undignified approach to what people will dedicate their lives to mm. you know it's i i have a real issue with people and unfortunately i was guilty of it of, of with people not giving the dignity and respect to any any musical pursuit that it deserves i think that people need to like respect that people dedicate their lives to this shit well do you think <clears throat> that in the pursuit of under of try at least you know making an effort to understand a surface level do you think that there's not an effort to give it the justice that it deserves because the idea of like going there and studying for a few months or whatever mm-hmm. i think 
can at least arm the person with enough um, experience to at, at the very least sympathize with what's happening on the ground in these places and understand the culture in a way that might allow them to be more open-minded back, you know, on their, uh, you know, wherever they're from. Yeah. And furthermore, you know, whatever creative endeavor, it, it might allow them to understand things or have a perspective that might not be as, you know, understood here. 100%. I'm on board with that. Yeah. What, what I'm not on board with is, is doing that on what, what to me, Come, you're coming out of it with a surface level understanding or or maybe even a level one understanding, right? <clears throat> and then four years to eight years after that, someone handing you a piece of paper to saying you're a bachelor or a master of this thing. I got you. And I think that is- Does that happen a lot? Yeah, I mean, that's what ethnomusicology is. So basically it's people that are going to these countries. Sometimes they're not even going to they're those countries. They're not even going, right? But it, what if you're studying under somebody who did spend you know 10 years in a place like this and now they're coming back and they're teaching- at a school, and you're and you're learning from them. The the um, unfortunate thing about that is is no school has all of it, right? They didn't, like yeah. there's there's not one building that has the world in it, right? Yeah. yeah, you know, and and ethnomusicology is not like like salsa music because if you wanted to do salsa music, you go to salsa school. You know what I mean? Or like or like, or, it, or a Latin jazz school that's heavy 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 in that category. Does it punch harder because you're a musician and care so deeply about it? Because I feel like you're just describing college in general. I was just about to say, because like, <laughs> unless you're specializing in something, I feel like the thing that college or education at that level does, it, it, it offers you a surface level understanding of multiple avenues to then decide whether or not where you want to really spend your time. I think the first two years of that is for sure. Yeah. Like pedagogy of, of, of the American system is like that for certain. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, what the hope is, is that, is that you find, you find a path and then, and then decide to specialize. Right. Right. And there's ethnomusicology <clears throat> not often not. Okay. Often not because, because it's such a broad thing. Like it's not, it's not, you know, it's not, Latin musics. It's not. It's not African musics. It's not Asian musics. It's not like uh, Native American musics. It's not. It's ethnomusicology. And like to get real, like liberal about this shit. Let's go. Is <laughs> is the 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 pedagogy of of Western music is a little bit racist, mm. right? Because why would they call it ethnomusicology and not just musicology? Music? Yeah. Right, like Prince called it that, and it was fucking rad. Musicology. Right, exactly that. But but you know, like, are are we are we behaving from from an educational standpoint as if there is something different about the music yeah. of Vietnam You're or othering <clears throat> yeah, culture, yeah, yeah, and and especially it gets it gets like under my skin even more when I realize that so much of the rest of the world has has adopted Western. Music musical standards in order to compete, and somehow are still being othered, right? So like, when I was in Vietnam at one point, and I was just like hanging in Vietnam at a hotel, and there was a piano with music on on the stand, right? So I, being my dumbass, decided was like I was like I don't know what this tune sounds like. I'm gonna sit down and play it. So I sat down and played the tune that was on the on the stand, right? It was a Vietnamese tune. I couldn't read the words because it looked like squiggles to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> but then the concierge for the hotel comes up to me and is like, hey, how do you, you're not Vietnamese, clearly. Well, you don't <laughs> appear to be Vietnamese. How do you, how do you know our songs? And I'm like, I'm just reading what's on the paper, man. You know? And it felt, it felt a little weird. 
to be like, like it felt both t- like connecting, but also like disjointed because it was like, I was just reading what's on the paper and this dude feels like I'm connecting with him somehow, mm. you know? And it's like, cause you I, are I, in a way. I, am, oh, I, tr- I certainly yeah. am. I certainly am. I certainly am. But, but I'm not, but I don't learn shit from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just write chord, chord, you know, but does that matter <laughs> if, the, if the connection was genuine with that person? Um, I, I, th- no, with the person, not, but I think with the culture, yes. Um, yeah. because, because, um, can we, let's bring it back to North America for a second. Yeah. Um, let's, 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 let's get out of the ethnomusicology bubble because I don't want to talk about it anymore. Um, yeah. <laughs> w- one of the, one of the things about being a multi-genre player is that, is that I think that with music, uh, Western music, especially, uh, we like you hear it all the time. We only got 12 notes, blah, 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 blah. Right. It's true. Um, but what we don't have, um, and what's not on the page and nor in most books is the fact that the only thing that denotes genre is is like idioms or idiosyncrasies of style right like if you take r&b like 70s r&b guitar playing right and you take 70s country guitar playing or even eight like early 80s country guitar playing right they're pretty much the same thing right it's telecasters Maybe, maybe the Starcaster, the Hollow Fender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> maybe and and may, maybe three thirty fives. It's it's all bridge pickup. There's definitely somebody playing with uh, a phaser. Yeah. Right. And and there's a lot of half step and whole step bends, and you just got to know when and where to use them. And the thing about it is, is when and where you use them either puts you in the category where you're playing George Jones tunes. Or it puts you in the in the category where you're playing Lionel Richie tunes, right? You know what I mean. And they're they're not that far off, but it's just the idiosyncrasies of how to use those twelve notes and in what way to deliver them. Because the tones aren't different, the instruments aren't different, the notes aren't different. It's what are you doing with them? You know right. what I mean? It's how how are you doing it? You know? And so that that to me gets really interesting about genre and 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 where and when you can communicate different things and get people to feel different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's, that's, that's a really, it's, 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 uh, it seems obvious. And it's one of those things I think musically a, a, on a, on an educational journey or a, a journey as a, as a, as a musician where we start with somebody saying this to us and then we go through this time period where it doesn't seem true. And then we come back to where it, it it's the thing that we say. What's an example of where it doesn't <clears throat> seem true. When you're when you're really really steeped in um, a genreification of your playing, number one, and then also when you're kind of developing, and it it's it uh, and maybe you, your your understanding of diatonic harmony or even extended harmony aren't quite developed yet. Yeah. So when you get there, people don't really they, they, it does they don't get it. Yeah. They don't get they don't get that that we're all playing with the same same parts. Right. You know. So like when you got cats that are like get like especially like like you know like when you get really early into like jazz harmony and you're like oh chord extensions man it's 11s 13s and shit like altered chords all this stuff if if you aren't yet dialed in for that it it becomes as if you're speaking a different language from Beethoven yeah totally you know what I mean and it also seems like you're using different building blocks right that you're not. Right, you know, like you listen to listen to Bach like four part chorales, and then listen to, I don't know, uh, Herbie Hancock. They seem like very different things, 
right? And in the middle, when you're when you're just getting hip to like Herbie Hancock, and you've just like shed the fact that you have you now know what Bach is. At that point, it doesn't. They don't seem connected. It doesn't seem like it's true, but it's totally true because eventually, hopefully, we we get the Miles Davis thing, which we mentioned earlier, where you learn it all, then you forget that shit and you just play, right? You know, and then and then hopefully that that also turns into the point where you can to, brings you to a point where where you can uh, you you can gain enough maturity that genre is bullshit. Right, you can just you can just be like, nah, man. I don't care if it's an R and B tune. I don't care if it's a it's a hip hop loop thing. I don't care if it's a if it's a, a country song. I don't care if it's a singer songwriter thing. I don't care if it's a metal tune. I don't care if it's a salsa tune. I don't care if it's a jazz tune. We only got the twelve notes. And if if I understand the components of music enough, just music, man. Like, and what makes music, like from a from a mechanical standpoint. Then all I gotta learn is, is the is the vocabulary, right? You know, um, it's like, yeah, it's it's learning another language, but yeah. it's, it's just vocabulary, right? Like, yeah, totally. Like, like, uh, did you take any languages in school? Languages, yeah, uh, like in high school, I yeah, took Spanish, you took Spanish. Yeah. So, did you? Latin, Latin. Okay, so um, Latin's a little weirder, but we're gonna go with it. <laughs> um, you you spend your first year learning the mechanics of the language, right? How to, how to conjugate verbs and like, like and 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 tenses and also learning uh, complement like as, as far as those languages are concerned, like like the complementary of of masculine and feminine, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you spend the rest of your time learning vocabulary. It's just words, mm-hmm. man. You know, right? Because once you know how the 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 words move, once you learn how the notes are. Once you learn that, then it doesn't matter as long as you have the vocabulary to speak it, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, and then and if you're badass, then you can you can drag different vocabularies into it and make new or interesting things, and then you get to be like George Benson doing doing like okay, yeah, I'm playing like you know uh, instrumental R and B, aka smooth jazz, but also I get to like bring in the like the cool blues stuff and that's like like you listen to george benson it's like oh that's that's why that's cool because because he has this vocabulary has this vocabulary brings them together and it kind of creates a new expression of the language yeah totally i think that's the importance of listening and really trying to internalize as much as you can yeah yeah as a musician because i've i have a friend of mine back home who is gotten over the whatever long story short short over the years he's gone down the rabbit hole with like sacred geometry and all this stuff yeah and now he's trying to use the same principles in music however he's not a musician okay in any sense of the is word is he a tool fan uh, i don't think he's like a fan <clears throat> of music really in general okay cool. and so this is that's even crazier all i right, know right go. so this is the conversation that you could imagine when he yeah. brought this up to me yeah. where like how combative I was at a certain point with him because what he was saying is I bought all this I bought all this software um, and you know like all these different um, you know controllers for MIDI and you know and I want to try and teach my stepdaughter how to how to you know do how this music yeah. yeah so I'm like showing her this this and I'm like dude expose her to music yeah that's the only way this works Certainly. I don't really care what you can conjure up in your brain with sacred geometry and all the mathematics music is not math. 
Okay. Now he, here's okay, l- go ahead. let me unpack this yeah, for yeah, you. Okay. Go ahead. Now, in the same way that we use theory, which is based off math, Certainly. okay, it's a tool that helps us explain the thing. Yep. It's not the thing itself. Agreed. Right? So when we try to reduce the thing itself to mathematical equations, then we lose the human element and everything that makes us connect to the music really, right? Yep. So <laughs> at least in the way that I would understand it. I don't care if you're making electronic music or if it's like, you know, classical music, whatever it is, there's a human element there and these and it's being and it's being created by people that have an understanding of genres and music that are trying to create a certain thing. When we ignore all of that stuff and just try to, you know, ones and twos to an end result, I think you lose what the whole thing is. Sure. You know? Sure. Equations and math as are, are as a tool. That's basically what I'm trying to say. Okay. <clears throat> so I'm gonna I'm gonna so I'm gonna start this by saying I agree with you. Okay. But I'm gonna also push back just a little bit. Please. Um you're right <clears throat> that that the that the there is a school of thought, and I think it is a viable and awesome school of thought, that music is not complete until you're performing music. Right? Mm. Until like you can like or until you're listening to it or somebody somebody experiences the music, right? right. Um and I I, I, I I think that's what you're trying to say, and I'm on board with it, right? Until like until the experience of music has happened, like those sounds and you're you're, you're wiggling the air, and then it hits eardrums. Until we're there, it's not music, right? Yes, amen. Hell yeah, brother, right? <laughs> However, I'm not saying some hippie <laughs> shit though. No, no, no. no I'm, mean? Not, I'm not. I'm also not trying to minimize it. I'm yeah. just trying. I'm just trying to be funny for the clicks. Yeah. Um, but there is a. A, there are also schools of thought, especially non-Western schools of thought, um, that involve, or at least not non-American schools of thought, that involve creating music in in more academic ways or ways that we we haven't embraced. Number one, serialism exists. Mm-hmm. Schoenberg mm-hmm. and Twelve Tone Row and things of that, of that nature. Are you familiar? Uh, I've heard. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's 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 a classical music method by which like. The, the most common one is 12 tone row, but that's not the only one where you, you like you make compositions based on a string of notes. Right. Right. Okay, yeah, and yeah. you can't use the next note until you've used the note before it. Right. Et cetera, right. et cetera. So, you know, 12 tone row is the obvious is the, is the most popular one because it's the most easy to digest. It's also hard as shit to listen to. It doesn't sound good usually mm. to, to non, to non hit listeners. Yeah. Right. To a lot of people, it's just like, Oh man, I don't get it because it's, it doesn't have tonal centers. It doesn't, it doesn't resolve. It doesn't unless unless you make it do it right, and and even then it's kind of difficult. So there's that, um, and that's not that isn't great. It's like it's not a great approach um, for for casual listeners or people who want to experience music in a way that it makes them feel things that aren't just anxiety, right? Because <laughs> right? right. because like a lot of modern classical music, you know, or or like what we we consider contemporary music up to modern music, um, is is I I think a good chunk of it is is very anxiety inducing and i but i think that's that's kind of by design sure because chaos is part of it yes, right absolutely like if, if you get into your john cages and your and your your steve reiches and like there's yeah. a lot of stuff in there where it's like man it's just it's just there to make you unsure what's going to happen yeah. and then you're then the uncertainty is the, is the show right totally um so there's that um in a more cool way but almost identical um indian classical music 
has has uh, an approach called raga, which mm. is very similar, but not only does it have uh, notes that you use in a particular order, but you also have an inflection that you use in a particular order, um, which is really rad because it's like, ooh, this note, this note, this note, this note, this note, this note with a tremolo, this note with a vibrato, mm-hmm. this note with a wide vibrato, this note straight, this note with a portamento, and like that's how you like you come up with that like rubric and you use that as your thing mm. um which i think is way rad because totally um especially when you when you um get into non-american musics now going back to musical ethnomusicology sorry but i think it's really like that is a cool approach that um i suck at but i i really appreciate it because i think it's so goddamn cool is that uh most Indian classical music is every instrument is um, either a drone or entirely uh, melodic in nature. And they, in order to, to compartmentalize it, they use the ragas to do that. Um, so it's, it is like you very much got to just got to, got to follow the paint by numbers, Right. but there's no denotion for rhythm necessarily. There's no denotion for, for uh, uh, when notes are used in, in like as double stops or triple stops, you know, so the, those count in the in the raga, and it gets real interesting. Yeah. Um. And so when you see those cats play, they're literally playing the like I I saw uh, Ravi Shankar in the '90s, and he played for three hours, and I thought I was there for 45 minutes. Really? Because it's just like it just turns into this thing where you're just like it's a trans. Yeah, and like and the fact that you're you're hearing you, like this this communication of these notes you don't it doesn't even register that you've listened to the same 13 notes with the same 13 inflections for three hours you know or maybe it does if you're if you're not cool you know what i mean (laughs) but like if you're hip to it it's just like this whole thing where it just like it turns into a a space and in a communication that maybe you weren't ready for right or maybe you know what i mean and and so like you you get both. You get music is math because you have to follow the rubric or the raga in this case, right? Or in the case of Schoenberg, you have to follow the the serialism. Right. Um, I'm not dissing Schoenberg. He's rad. Um, it's just not everybody's thing. Um, but you do you do end up with these things where you do end up with a finished product that maybe in the case of Indian classical music ends up being fucking awesome, or in the case of German serialism real military and kind of weird, you know, but regardless, you're getting something out of it and you're going to, you're going to feel something, Yeah. you know? And the cool thing about, or the good thing about, well, good, cool, whatever. The thing about music is, is that, is that hopefully you, as a, as a person who's experiencing music, you walk away feeling something. And if you listen to a Schoenberg piece and you walk away feeling anxious, mission accomplished. Right. And if you if you go see Anushka Shankar, Ravi Shankar's daughter, Nora Jones's sister, play and you sat there for 3 hours and it felt like 20 minutes and you're just like, "Man, that was dope. I don't understand it at all." Mission accomplished. You know what I mean? And it's like that's the thing. And so, I think that just to push back, yes, you're absolutely right that the experience and the the communication and the and the emotion and the the vibe for lack of a better way to put it is is the is the goal. Mhm. I think that there, there, there are mathematical ways in order to get there. Totally, yeah. Um, I don't. I, I, I totally 
accept that. I think that just because something is quantifiable, yep. it doesn't make it math though only, right? Because sure. here's the thing is like, when we think about any other realm of science, mm -hmm. okay, when we try and reduce everything f from one pers to, to like one perspective, we have way too many blind spots in in uh, in in what's actually happening, right? Unless so, you're talking about super string theory, in which case all things are it's a unifying theory. <laughs> yes, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, okay, continue. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> um, but let's 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 maybe not take it as deep, and, <laughs> and we can look at we can look at something like geology, right? Sure, sure. Geology is going to have a perspective about something, mm -hmm. right? Um, and it might say amongst geologists that this is what's happening, yep. right? But then you might have an archaeologist that's like, well, we see what's hap we see what you're saying, but I don't think based off of the science that you're looking at, you're considering this, this, or this. Certainly, certainly, right? yeah, yeah, different, different, uh, yes. So, absolutely. so again, geologists and archaeologists are quantifying something, maybe the same thing, Probably or coming. Not, though. <laughs> well, okay, but like, <laughs> but I hear you. yeah, they're quantifying something. They're yeah. trying to quantify something, right? And from a, from another perspective of looking at the same thing, they might be, not be seeing that thing. Oh, they're going to see different things for sure. Right. They could be looking at the same thing and get different things out of it. Exactly. Like, like a a like using using those, exactly those examples, a, a geologist could look at a rock formation and be like, yo. Like let's arches. They can go. They could go to Arches National Park and look at the arches and be like, "Yo, that is a fine example of uh, a tectonic created uh, like stone structure." Right. And be like, "Shit, yeah, did it, nailed it." Right. And an archaeologist, which is generally cultural, would look at that and go, "That is a is a Native American uh, holy spot." Right. Right. And and that is. Because of this, 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 culturally speaking. They're both scientists. Right. Absolutely. One's a social scientist, but 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 yes, they are absolutely looking at the same thing and getting different results from 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 their from their perspective. Right. Absolutely, hundred percent. So yes, you're right. Math is math, music is music, near and between in between should I meet. However, yes, they should. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Oh. And I and I use go ahead, Chris. Sorry. Well, and, and it also sounded like you were coming from like a technological point. Like, you know, you're like it sounded like you've got a bunch of MIDI controllers in your, you know Yeah, yeah, with my friend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I've also used like I, I'm not like for me, if I'm stuck in the writing process, mm -hmm. right? I will lean on theory. Oh yeah, for you sure. You know, I'll be like, okay, well, I'm not hearing anything right now. Sure. I don't know where this is going to go. Where, the, but where can this go? What 100%. are my options? Absolutely. Here, right. Yeah. And then I start to look at it from that perspective. I'm like, okay, and oftentimes, it, I'll I'll find something there. Yeah, that's how right? I, that's how I write commercial commercial jingles. Uh, so how do you get? You told me about this a long time ago, actually. Yeah. yeah. So I'm really curious about this side of that's things. precisely how I do the job. Um. What ask me anything? Let me let me let me. We haven't even started the podcast yet. Okay. By the way, we're, cool. yeah. so we're just starting. Oh, right was now. I supposed to clap? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. That, so, but just just digging right into what you, what I'm saying about how, how one of the things about music and composition is that uh, is that the the heavy lifting of composition to me and not to everyone because um, we all look at it differently uh, is is decision making is paramount. Decision making is probably the hardest part of of making compositions. Um, so, I don't look at doing writing for clients as being something where I want to be inspired. 
Um, it's entirely brain lifting. It's heavy lifting with your brain. That's all it is. Um, half the time I even play the shit. Sometimes I just program it. It's gone. They get, they get what they asked for. Everybody wins. Um, so, uh, the easiest way for me to do that is to, is is like, I have, I have like, it's just kind of mathy just is to just go, I have decisions I have to make and, and what that person wants is going to determine which, which way I get to choose my own adventure here. Right. Right. So let's say, let's see, I'm making a, a, uh, my my client is uh is a podcast called Bottom of the Bill, okay, and that the, that podcast is like oh we need bumper music for um between the like early conversation and the uh and the actual interview start and I'm gonna come on this and I'm gonna go this is Bottom of the Bill and then I need music what's gonna happen right and I and I just have a quick conversation with with whoever that person is and I say what do you, what do you want it to feel like and what what do you want to uh what do you want to accomplish with it, right? Do you want it to be long? Do you want it to have like room for it to 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 bleed over? Do you want it just to be thirty seconds hard? What do you want? And then let's say that like let's just build one our brains right now. So if somebody if that if that person says to me, okay, I want it to be upbeat and I want it to feel super triumphant, like uh, like like soldiers returning from war, yeah, like Fox having, News having news. won, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and I but I but I want you to, to like tap your foot to it, um, and I and I want it to, and I want it to be thirty seconds. Okay, cool, no problem. We can do that, right? So first thing I'm gonna do is is okay. Uh, no no. So they want it to be like triumphant and fast, or like tap tap toe tapping. So 120 beats a minute. That's where we're gonna start. Yeah, might even go faster. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, I I'm gonna. This is literally some shit I do. I'm gonna put all twelve keys in a in a in a bucket, and I'm gonna reach out and pick one. There it is. <laughs> Today we're playing an F. Yeah. Right. Um, and then you do that, and then you. Okay, they want it to be super super triumphant, and like they said, soldiers. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have a horn section. I'm gonna probably have some like marching or war drums kind of things, going on, and that's instrumentation decision made right all these are decisions that you have to make right? right and then and then like they want triumphant so then this is the part where it gets a little heady but like maybe i would go mixolydian mode and make it modal so it all feels you know kind of uh kind of thing you know what i mean mm-hmm. and that cool we're mixo we got it like all that sort of stuff because if you get real nerdy about it, the, the modes have feelings. Yeah. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so then you can just like, if you, if you've done it long enough or done it enough times that you start to know what those modes feel like to you or what they feel like to the uninitiated, then you can just deliver, you know? And then I'll probably just fire up Ableton, set 120 beats, make 30 seconds, you know, N- no, no wind up, out you know what i mean just it comes in and it goes goes yeah you know um like i or like maybe use the the waves plugin for the brass and you know and that's that and done you know yeah. and then maybe maybe if it, i might make it to make it feel hipper to me i'd probably put it in a triple major uh triple, triple meter instead of a duple meter just so it swings to me okay you know and that's how i would do it yeah immediately right and those are all just things that's that. And if the person was like, oh, it feels a little jive. 
then I would just take the whole thing, take the drums off, keep the keep the melody, make it make it a duple meter. Ta-da. And send it back. And send it back. And be like, how do you feel about this? And they'd be like, it's great. Yeah. You know? <laughs> 30 seconds on the dot, perfect. You know? How much work or that are you doing? Like you get calls for jingles a lot? Um, jingles less so lately. Um, like I was doing a lot of that during pandemic stuff. Okay. Um, because I before the pandemic, I was I was like Jackie Stranger was gonna hit it hard. I was gonna do a bunch of releases. I've actually, as Jackie Stranger, I've only released one thing ever, and it was a split. Really? Yeah, I've never like released stuff directly, um, but I've licensed a lot of stuff. I've I've got a lot of syncs, um, but I haven't like you can't download that shit anywhere. You know what I mean? You can't listen to it on Spotify. Right. You know, right. which is fine. I don't like it, that's a that's a spiritual conundrum for me, and I you know what I mean. I uh, plugging it now, December fifteenth, putting out a single. Oh yes. Um, so I I, I I am putting out uh, an EP. First quarter next year, and then putting out an LP second quarter next year, but that's a whole other thing. Um, we can talk about that in a minute. But, but so I was the plan was for me to wind up and like really hit that shit hard in 2020. And uh, I had a spot at uh, South by, and I was gonna like March was gonna be like my jumping off point. I was gonna hit the road, I was gonna do a shitload of festivals, I was gonna go to Europe at the end of the year, I was gonna like go i was gonna do it yeah and then like COVID happened yeah. and like eh, you know and so like i lost all the gigs i lost all the momentum and I, and no one wanted to write or talk about it and i was like fuck okay cool maybe i've been doing the right thing by sitting on all these recordings for 10 years yeah so i just didn't do it um but that also meant that i had no income no revenue stream and so that was i really really hit that shit hard for like a year and a half um uh, where i was just like all right cool um, and I like reached out to a lot of, a lot of my friends who are in like the advertising agencies and things of that nature. And I was just like, give me anything, like give me any, anything, or just tell me what you need and I will make it. And if you, if, if the clients bite cool and if they don't bite, we tried, but I need all the work. And yeah. I just, I just did it hard. Um, so that was, that was my, that was my night every night. Instead of going to the gigs, I would go home. Um, cause during the day I'm a, I'm a fabricator machinist. Yeah. Um, and at night I would just do that and like, you know, and, and the, I would use the, uh, the, like try to stay disciplined as such that like, if I, f- if I, if there was a possibility that I would have been on a gig, I am not watching wrestling that night. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I love wrestling, yeah. but I'm not, that's not what I'm doing tonight. You know what I mean? If I was going to be. If I was going to be in fucking Poughkeepsie playing fucking Tootie's Hideaway, tonight I am I'm making something. I see. So, you know? so to, to substitute your canceled tour, yep. any any nights you were working, you were still working. working. Yeah. Okay. yeah, and I write a song every day, too. Oh, um, that's, that's, that's awesome. a whole other thing. But that's that that's uh but not as a not as a I I write every song's a keeper because that's bullshit. No, it's just an exercise yeah, to stay working. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's yeah. Uh, you know, success is a success is a habit. And if you don't if you don't write, then you aren't a writer. So that's what Tell I Tell me about it, dude. You know? So I just keep doing it and do it every day. <laughs> but at that time it was like it was it was actual output and not just like keeping the wheels greased. It was actual output, being like, All right, what what's hip right now? And so like I would go and I would listen to the top ten um, like the Billboard top ten, and I would just make a shitload of beats or recordings or whatever that that did each of those vibes, mm. you know. And I would do that. Um, that's the thing that John Mayer does. I don't know if you guys know that. Yeah, that's yeah. The thing he does. And I would do that. Um, where I would just be like, okay, cool. Like, what about this is compelling? How can I use it? 
okay, cool. So I ended up with a lot of like, you know, cicada sounding drum beats that I really hate, but whatever, <laughs> you know, they ended up on a lot of like Truvia commercials or whatever, you know, like, <laughs> that's cool though. Man. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's it, the way it is. Yeah. You know, um, that's kind of how that, how that stuff works. Are um, you hitting any of those like third party, uh, licensing websites like taxi? Or no, like, I have in the past, but, but right now I, I have enough of a direct line to advertise a few advertising that's agencies everything, yeah. that, that I, I don't have to worry about that quite as much. Um, sometimes when I still need to, still need to like do it, like, uh, I will do, do, I have a lot of music on some of those. And then also there's, um, like it kind of sucks, but it, but it has bared fruit. There's a thing called music x-ray. Um, and I've done, I've gotten some opportunities from them. Okay. Um, where it's just like, okay, cool. You know, it might cost you a little bit of money, but it'll get you in the pool, you know? Right. Yeah. You do that. And then like, sometimes that stuff really sucks, but, but sometimes it's really awesome, especially if you have. Um, as a record, as a, as a person who's a en- recording engineer, as a person who's a writer, as a person who like wears a few hats as far as music is concerned, and maybe is forty five and isn't great on TikTok, um, <laughs> a, it's a it's a good way to just like be like, okay, I need to make as much, um, like a broad enough bed of of material, yeah, backlog, yeah, yeah. and just have it, and, and not just not just a backlog of like, okay, they're all the same thing, but like being like, hey man, somebody like trap beats are really in right now, like. I have some trap beats. You want them? You know what I mean? Like if somebody's like, oh, like singer-songwriter shit's really in right now. Oh, I've got that for days, you know? What do you want, you know? And so I could just send them like a few gigs of of tracks and be like, pick one, you know? Or if you want something specific, I'll make it for you. I'll do it, you know? It's it's very useful to have that stuff just kind of in your back pocket and then to keep the, keep the brain the brain going with that sort of stuff so that, yeah. you know, you can make those decisions, you can do it quickly, and you can turn it around fast. Um, and that's that, you know, and like you can do commercials, you can do, um, you know, film, like, especially if, if you have like, if your music is, is, is at least, is at least, a if you write it as such that you have feelings about it, it sounds silly, but like if you're trying to invoke something, yeah, you know, like if that's the way you're doing it and not just like blanket, like it feels triumphant, but like specifically like this girl broke up with me and I felt this way and you wrote that tune. Or, you know, or whatever, you know, this guy really hurt my feelings. This is the thing. You know, if you have that and just so happens that, you know, A24 is making a film that because they're the only people making films right now. Um, <laughs> if if that if they have one and that's, you know, and that's the scenario, you're like, cool, I got the exact thing for you. No problem. Right. Yeah. Because there's like there's um, I get. I signed up for Taxi like years ago, yeah, yeah. and I just didn't keep up with the subscription because I'm not an engineer, so sure. I don't have backlog material like yep. that. Um, but uh, um, I still get emails from them mm-hmm. about like opportunities, and it's exactly that. It's like, hey, we need a song for this movie, preferably like a slow acoustic breakup song. Yep, and it's exactly how it's labeled. And you're like, well, I've got some of those. Yep, but I don't have them recorded because I'm a bitch. But yeah. like, yeah, you know, and that's how that's how you do it. You just gotta you just gotta have that shit in your back pocket yeah. and have it ready and keep doing it. And you know, like in even if it's stuff that you just do for exercises, just keep your exercises. Yeah, totally. You know? I need to get better about yeah. writing every day because it's it's yeah. like, you know, I, I don't write enough. And not know. being scared of Ableton. I have logic. Or know. logic. Don't be scared of logic. Yeah, I just, I just, I really, and it's it's a mental block. Mm-hmm. I really, really, really don't like it. Don't use it. Don't use it. No, so, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's, it's the process of, it's not even the DAW that I'm okay, using. Okay, okay, gotcha. It's, it's, I don't like, it, the, the the constant shift mm-hmm. and this is this is 
something that I have to just work to get better at is mm-hmm. all it is. The shift of going from player to engineer yep. constantly yep. is exhausting to me, and I hate, hate... I can't explain to you how much I hate it. Oh, that's kind of that's kind of wild though, because it's all like a mechanical. Like there's certain mechanics you do playing guitar. Like okay, oh. I've got to turn my amp on. I've got to dial my pedals. I've got to get my tone right. Yep. It's not very different than going. I have to turn on my interface. I have to hit phantom power. I have to plug in my mic cable. That's not the shit that bothers me. It's it's all the technical stuff. Once you're in there recording, and then we got to start doing EQing shit. And but who says like, you have to do all that? Like demos don't have to be that way. You no, can outsource true. your mixing. It's the it's using it as a creative tool like yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's the block like yeah you don't have to be you know the craziest oh i can pick out it's 2.2 hertz yeah. and i can f- get that or i slap a compressor on slap an eq on move yeah. a couple things if it works cool if not place hold it someone else will do it for you 100%. also creating drum loops is the biggest fucking nightmare to that, shit, that shit kind of sucks but there's also yeah, until you, you you can buy them you can you know you can get mini packs and then like okay it's close. Then you can go in and go, let me take this hi-hat out. And then yeah. you're just starting. And then you go, eventually you're like, okay, I can build them pretty quickly. Cause sure. I did that in Ableton and it was like, it would take an hour to build the loop in my head. Then six months later, it would take 30 minutes. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's and like, but I got my creative thing out and it's there. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and finding the DAW that works for you really does matter. It's, it's yeah. not, it's not just like, Oh, uh, like I, I went through reason logic pro tools and then landed on Ableton and Ableton's the shit. I love it. I use it for everything Same. because I think it's so, you know, built to be creative versus like, mm-hmm. that's why know, it's called Ableton live. It, exactly. Literally, it's it's meant it was- to, yeah, it's meant to be used at, like, as an actual instrument and a tool, like with how it's laid out. Yeah. And so it's I, not for everybody. It's not for it's, everybody. That's true. Yeah. And, I, and I'll tell you two things um, to uh, get over both of the problems that both of you described. Um, you described having to like plug it in, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I have I have a solution for that. And then the solution for, oh, I got an EQ. Oh, I got it. So I, did, I, I have two solutions, one of which is not always useful, but whatever. Um, number The one for your problem is, is I have two computers and they're on the same desk. Not not two screens, two computers, mm. right? And I have one that is always on, always has a, a, a session open. Yeah. Always. No matter what happens, I don't have to plug shit in. Mm-hmm. It, my, my interface is there. There's a guitar plugged into it. It's on a stand. If I got to work, I'm ready to work. Yeah, the workflow, right? you got to There's that. Yeah. So that that immediately fixes that problem. So like, I don't go... Because I, we're all lazy. Every one of us, mm-hmm. you, you're lazy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, me too. I'm also lazy. I also don't even want to like dig to the back of the fridge to eat an apple. So <laughs> if it's not at the front, I'm not going to eat it. The apple's <laughs> going to die back there. So, but if my guitar's not already plugged in, I'm not going to play it. Yeah. Right. So that's the first thing. It's like mm-hmm. that's immediate. It's there, and so I don't have to think about it. And then the second thing, and this helps, I think, helps you, is you only got to do it once, but. You have to do it once per concept, but build uh, templates. Templates, yeah. Just mm-hmm. build templates. And then if you're like, cool, I just got to do an acoustic thing, man. Cool. You pro- Hopefully, you have just like over here or just like here, you just have a microphone ready and it's there. Yeah. Right? You have it attached to your desk, which I do. Have, I have a broadcast arm with a, with a 7B on it, um, which like I use a 7B way more than I should for because there's a lot of things that it's not, it's not great for, but I still use it. You know? It's not, it's not the best for anything other than Michael Jackson's vocals, but <laughs> somehow I still use it for acoustic guitars. I use it for hand claps. I use it for like, oh, I need to get this foot stomp thing. Oh, I need to get a guitar, I, whatever it is. Like it's there. I use it for that. And then there's an electric guitar plugged into, like direct in 
And that's, that's like, I can work fast. And so like, there's that. And then I can just bring up the templates. And then if, you know, if I don't need those things, then I also have, um, a, uh, a, uh, APK mini. And mm-hmm. just for like, if I need to program drums or I have a, oh, I need to have somebody ask, like I, lately it's been people just asking me for organ parts. Mm. I was like, Hey man, can you just play organ? I'm like, yeah, I guess. I'm not a great organ player. I don't have an organ, but yeah, I got, I got plugins. Let's go. Yeah. You know? And then, and so it's been like the APK mini has been like for that. I mean, I also have like nice MIDI controllers, but when I want to work fast and I don't want to think about it, I don't want to go get it and plug it in and put on a stand and all that yeah. stuff. Like I should. You have it all <laughs> built already. Yeah. yeah. It's there. And I just go and just drag in, you know, that's that. And it's, yeah. it's, it's super, super useful to just like not only finding the thing that works for you, DAWs become problematic for some people because they're just like there are different kinds of people and you we like all people who want to learn something is everyone every person is a lock right and every lock has a key and no two locks and no two keys are the same right so it would be silly for me and chris to tell you that uh that ableton is your answer right right maybe it is give it a try but if you don't like it cool then you have logic you said you said that it didn't bother you that it was your doll use it you know so whatever it is but but i would also say like if if you feel like that's an impediment or you feel like your workflow isn't fast enough that's a great way to that's a great place to start to to, to maybe tailor your experience Just automate yeah now everything. if only you had a place where all the gear was set up all the time <laughs> that's with well, an acoustic guitar hanging on the we'll wall. have to work on that yeah. i guess i know exactly. guys i'm not a perfect person <laughs> <laughs> who among us is just jesus man just jesus yeah. <laughs> um, tell me about the the music you're working on that you're putting out. Cool, perfect. Um, so uh, right now I'm 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 in the middle of recording a ton of projects because I'm in a ton of projects. Right. right? So right now I'm uh, recording uh, some acoustic demos as well as an electric album for Bryce Allister Band. I'm doing uh, right now. I'm I'm remixing um, ten years worth of Jackie Strangers music. Nice. Um, uh, which Jackie Stranger, the recordings are just me. They're like I have guys that I hire for the bands, like when I want to play live. But the recordings are just me. I play the bass, I play the organ, I play the piano, I play the guitar, I play the pedal steel, I play the lap steel, I play the banjo, whatever the hell it is, you know. That's and I just awesome, do it all. Um, and some of it, some of it suffers because it's me, you know. But at the same time, like I don't, it's I have unlimited time because I have my own space and I have my own recording facilities. Um, so that's I have that that we'll come back to that in a second. Um, uh, Dig Dog is writing for a new record. Our, we put out a record last year that was our, our kind of our pandemic record. Um, called the album is called Homeless Theater, and that album's out now on all streaming sites. Um, so please st- stream it because I could use one fortieth of one cent from you. Um, <laughs> Mudtown's writing a record right now. So that's my hillbilly punk band. Um, Jackie Strange Americana music. Uh, Bryce Allister band's kind of jammy blues rock for those who don't know. Uh, Jackie Stranger, Americana, uh, Dig Dog is kind of like proggy, punky, like if, if Zappa wrote three minute songs. Okay. You know? Hell yeah. It's that kind of stuff. Um, so it's like the tunes are, are pretty demanding as far as, as far as a, like facility is concerned. Um, and they're all about weird shit, just like Zappa tunes, but they're fun. You know, I, I, I call it party prog. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like you could have a good time to it. Because not everybody could have a good time to prog music generally. You know what I mean? <laughs> totally. You know, like not everybody can bump a bump a Yes record or a Rush record and have a good time. Yeah. But I think anybody could bump a Dig Dog record. Okay. Um. So we're, we're writing for that record, and we're probably going to record soon. Um. 
Motown's writing their record. I'm not sure when that's gonna that recording is gonna happen. Bryce is recording both. Elect- me and him are doing acoustic demos and then also working on that uh, record record, which we uh, I'm not engineering that. Okay. Um, the the electric stuff. Um, we were working with we were working with Brent Bird on that. Okay. Uh, I think John Deering mentioned that here on the yeah. on the bottom of the bill. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been like slowly chipping away at that. Um, there's there's decisions that need to be made. And I think it's just one of those things where it's like he talked about it. You, check out that episode. The John Deering episode was just fine. Yes, please. Um, yeah, watch them all. Watch them all. Um, please. And then, uh, yes, please do that. <laughs> please. We need your 140th of one cent. Yeah. Um, uh, r- currently, I play in a band called Carmen, which is kind of like a pop rocky, like John Mary kind of thing. Okay. Um, we put out an EP last year. We're working on a new one right now. Um, I just laid down new drums. We don't, I don't even know what the shit's called yet. You know what I mean? I don't know what the record's going to be called. I don't know what half the songs are called, but we're working on that. That's going to be great. Carmen US. It's the the ungoogleable band name because there's so many Carmens like San Diego in this world. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, I had no I had no part in that. Um, Trademarking is going to be a nightmare, yeah, dude. I don't think we're going to do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hell with it, man. We don't need the money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think what else, what other stuff I like I have in Universal the, oh, Green. Universal Green. Uh, we're just playing. That that's that's more of a party band to me. Yeah. Um, and uh, as far as recordings are concerned, that band is kind of kind of in the woods. Like yeah. We're just we're, I, there's a lot a whole lot of creativity. Um, I, well, new creativity in that band right now. It's it's kind of just like bump the shows, rock the parties, have a good time. We're doing plenty of that. It's great. I love it. Um. And then uh, Bow and the Burners, which is uh, like a 1950s rockabilly kind of thing. Um, I'm recording that record right now, too. Awesome. And I'm engineering that and recording it and producing that record. That's great. And playing man. drums on it. It must be super fun to be able to <sighs> like great. have your fingers in all these yeah, things. Absolutely. I think you need more, honestly. I do, I do, I do. Yeah, spreading <laughs> you need, yourself thin is dumb. I think dumb you need thing. a hip-hop project or something. That's the Universal Green. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Right foot in my mouth, dude. You paying attention <laughs> yeah. or what, yeah, dude? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then like, on top of that, just doing like lots of sync work for commercials and stuff like that. Right. And that's called Dead Battery. You can't listen to that stuff anywhere unless you turn your TV on. Mm. Um, but that's everywhere. Um, so yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. When's the, uh, when's the Jackie Stranger oh, Jackie stuff to release? Okay, cool. So, um, sad story time. Mm. Okay. You guys ready? Ready for me to bring the party down? So, um, about 10 years ago, no, precisely 10 years ago, my, my mom passed away. And then directly after that, um, her brother also passed away. Um, and he passed away in the same house that my grandmother passed away in oh, wow. on my birthday. Oof. So I became the steward of all that stuff. Um, my sister was a great help. I'm not trying to minimize her. My sister's great. Love her. She's wonderful. Um, but I spent a lot of time. It, it, the, ho- the house was in in, uh, in Holly Hill, just near Daytona. Um, and I kind of spiraled out of control and shit got real bad for me. Um, and it, it got continued to get worse over the next couple years after that. Um, <clears throat> and so um, my therapist was like, I don't worked on different ways of, of, of trying to, trying, trying to work out my issues. Um, and clearly I have severe grief issues and severe PTSD issues and, um, related to other things as well. And I don't need to bring the party all the way down. So we're just not going to go there. But one of the things that me and my, my therapist thought would be a, uh, cathartic experience would be, or it was my idea. And then she's like, give it a go. Couldn't hurt, I guess. Was I took all like so? Then I was I was I was thirty five, and I took all the musical instruments that anybody who had passed away had I'd gotten from somebody who passed away, 
right? So guitars that my old man got me, my mom, my uncle, like other friends who had passed away. And I moved them all into my uncle and grandmother's house. And then I wrote an album um, call, about the stages of grief. Mm. And then I recorded it in that house. Um, so I stayed there for a few months and just like hit it hard. Didn't leave the house other than to, to go to the grocery store and just like did that. Um, That's awesome. And th- that, that house is on Flamingo Avenue in, in Holly Hill. And so the album is called Flamingo Avenue. It'll come out for quarter one next year. I'm going to release the first single off that, I believe, December 15th. That's a Friday, if it's if not the closest one to December 15th. Okay. Um, so that one. And each – it's a, a five-song EP because there's five stages of grief. Um, and the first one um, is is Acceptance, and that's the first single. Or that's the last one is Acceptance, and that's the first single. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So it's 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 heady, like high in, in, a, in concept, you know, and, and due to constraints – um, that I put on it, you know what I mean? So only these instruments, only this location, like it, it's not, it's not the, this is not an apology. It's just a fact. Like it's not, it's not perfect, but I don't think I, I didn't want it to be perfect. I just want it to, I wanted it to be within parameter, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's like, yeah, do I want to play a Telecaster on everything? Cause I'm a Telecaster dude. Yeah. Did anybody who had passed away ever give me a Telecaster? No. So I'm playing like, a national Les Paul on a lot of the stuff. I'm playing um, like a 335 style guitar that my mom got me when I was younger on, that, on a lot of the stuff. Um, I play I play a like this really weird 12 string that my old man got me when we were in the Philippines. Um, I'm Filipino, um, and so like that would be like well, but there and I got a 12 string and it has my name and abalone on the top of it. And I was like, cool, oh, look at this awesome. cool thing. It's not the best built guitar. It's not the best intonated guitar. But it fits the parameters. So the 12 string parts, eh, a little dicey sometimes. You know what I mean? But it fits. It's a vibe. It does a thing. You know what I mean? And if you listen to it knowing what you're listening to, I think you'll get a lot out of it. Um, if you listen to it not knowing what you're listening to, it might sound like an imperfect record, but I don't give a shit. Yeah, totally. You know? Like, like, I think that's, that's, that, that's, 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 that's definitely a part of hopefully the charm of the record um, is, is that people can get you know, like see a moment and see a concept and be like, oh shit, you know, it's raw and vulnerable. It's more is it ever, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, acceptance first, first single, December fifteenth. I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I'm glad I got through it. I'm glad I didn't die. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. You know, and I, I don't mean that to be glib nor funny. It's, it's true, you know. Um, so yeah, that's that's coming out, and then like I have, uh, a bunch of other material just from other things that I've done. Like I, I, I write. When I when I give myself the daily writing thing, um, I try to write in in sets because I'm a I'm a like at one point I got really into Schubert and the idea of like uh, song cycles. Um, so like I write like I'll spend like a month or two months just like every day I'm gonna write about this thing. Mm. So like I have probably five or six records that are just about individual things. That's cool. You know what I mean? Like I have one. That will pro- I don't know which one's going to come out first, but we'll we'll just say this is the one. Like I wrote this record like probably probably ten years ago, twelve years ago, and it was all about like I just walked around. Well, not didn't walk around. It's not. It's, it wasn't a creep thing. It was. Just, I know a lot of girls with tattoos, and I and I didn't want to be weird about it, but I was like I was like tell me the stories of your tattoos, and so I and like when they don't give me stories, then I would just go write a song about it. 
Okay. And so that one's called Tattooed Women. So there's that one. So it's under the same moniker. Yeah, Jackie okay. Stranger. Um, I, I I did like I like when trying to find religious shit up here and out in the world. I got kind of got into Buddhism as a concept. Okay. So like that that there's like three big tenets in Buddhism, like love, impermanence, and and uh, and pain, you know, and suffering. Right. So I I wrote an album where everything is either about breakups, breakups or dead shit, and I called that love and love and impermanence, and I have like. 50 songs for that jesus you know like yeah that's awesome i think there's probably 10 good ones but yeah yeah. (laughs) but that's the thing right like you have to you have to over deliver yeah you know because like if 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 you just go oh yeah i'm gonna write 10 songs what happens if one of them doesn't really translate to the recorded medium yeah for sure what happens if one of them just sucks yeah you know then you got a nine song record that's not good yeah no totally man i mean and you you just want variety in general you want to be able to sit there and really put your best foot forward absolutely you know so if you're limited and you're like well it doesn't really matter you have to hit 10 songs then and you got 10 songs and that's what you got absolutely you know so it's not always representative when you do it that way so yeah i mean that's the way to do it man and if you have a lot of if you have 40 bad ones um and I don't mean that funnily. If you have forty bad songs, you could you could tool a good one out of or, or an acceptable one mm-hmm. out of one of those songs. Yeah, because they don't all need to be fantastic yeah. songs on the record. You, yeah. you want like you know I don't know it it like like any like any other principle in investing or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's you want one. Let's say a ten. Yeah. Yeah. You got five that are whatever. Yep. You got four that are like. Yeah, this is good. Yeah. I'm breaking even on this one. Yeah. And we got one that just yeah. hits it out of the ballpark. Yeah, right? five fives, one, uh, two sevens, and one ten. Yeah, exactly. Four tens, exactly. four sevens, one ten. Yeah. Yep. Exactly that. <clears throat> so, so yeah. that's, that's awesome, man. Yeah. So it's that's that's the method, man. Just write, 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 write. You know, and if if you don't have things to write about, then write about the same thing. And yeah. If you don't have a thing to write about, that's the same thing. Then write about not being able to write. Yeah. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Do you have a timeline for that stuff, or are you just got, you're focusing on this acceptance of the Flamingo Road? Yeah, one? yeah. The from Flamingo Avenue Records, Avenue. it's going to be out, I believe, February probably. Okay. Um, and like mid February, um, to fall into the, like to get real like meta about it, to to fall into the the anniversary of its writing. Okay. Um, which was February. That's. Um. So we'll get there, and then, I'll put it out into the world probably then, um, and then, the other ones like I'll just push them around summer or something like that yeah i'm not sure yet awesome man so yeah i can't wait to hear it all honestly yeah i'll send it to you you can just have it before everybody else does that'd be that'd be dope we'll review it on the podcast sure that'd be awesome hell yeah hell yeah uh you guys want to hit some unpopular opinions yeah i think we got a camera issue though yeah that's that that's a brand we we, chris just brought his own personal one in because we (laughs) had one that uh died a couple weeks ago and was that the one that was overheating no, we always these three cameras here. Uh, I love the the A sixty one hundreds from Sony, but uh-huh. um, they can have an overheating problem. And since Miles came in, yeah. and Miles when we interviewed him, he I told him what was going on. He fixed. He just put the setting on, and Settings, they haven't yeah. died since. Oh, so awesome! It's like you know, uh, Chris, you want to do one for us? Being a pop musician is harder than being a jazz musician, I think. Um, if it's been, and this is unpopular, especially if you're, you know, maybe a musically person or just a fan, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, they think it's so virtuosic. It's so incredibly difficult. I think being that great of a player and then working in confines is a harder thing to do. Maybe night to night. I think the gigs are also typically more demanding. I think so. They, they can be, and maybe even not like a Taylor Swift level pop player, but even, you know, anything in between, you know, 
playing to tracks. Yeah. Like there's focusing like jazz is a very conversational music. Yep. So like you get up you go up there and you talk and you know there's you know it, you're listening, you're reacting, you know, it can be whatever it is that night. It can be just whatever you make it. Pop is a product. Yeah, it's regimented. Know? Yeah, you have you, you have to it's, deliver. It's hard work. The music may be simple, but like the demand is just so much higher. And yeah. I don't know if that, you know, I know musicians pretty much get that. Some of them do, some of them don't. The lay people, they're just like, no, pops, I can understand that. Oh, Jazz, 100%. I don't I don't get it. And that's, 100%. Yeah, th- there's definitely there's definitely a segment of the audience that doesn't even understand that that those people are also artisans. You know what I mean? Like the people the people backing up pop play, pop musicians at every level from demo recorders all the way up to people who are behind Beyonce. Like every every layer there is there is true artisanship. Oh yeah. And yeah. those players because those cats those cats like they do they do like 3 and 2s. I don't know if you guys you guys know 3 and 2s. You know 3 and 2? So mm-hmm. like that's that's an Asheville thing where they literally book a studio for 2 hours and they you have to leave with 3 songs. Oh wow. Oh, nice. Right. And it's like Try that with some motherfuckers who can't play. Yeah, no, totally, dude. Totally, <laughs> yeah. totally. I mean, you can't do it. You yeah. can't do it. And, and like, and that's that's just the thing. Like, even though the music is simple, you have to be virtuosic yeah. because it's literally time is money. Absolutely. Yeah. And if and and especially in a live setting, yeah. where you're talking like, if you are talking about a higher stakes pop gig, you're talking about easily a million dollar production every easily. single night. Minimum, you know. Yeah. So it's like. For you can't fuck that up. You can't, right? Mm-hmm. So even, I don't care if you're playing four on the floor the whole night. You yeah. gotta fucking be play. You gotta have the click in your ear. You're yeah. playing the tracks, and you gotta make sure you don't miss a fucking beat. Yeah, if it's like it doesn't matter if it's if it's D minor for this whole verse. Yeah, mm-hmm. you better lay that shit down. Totally, lock it down. Drive and, that band. It's nothing you want. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's, and I'm sure you want to fulfill the gig if you took the gig kind of uh-huh. thing, whatever. But like. You're not the one that's making any of those calls on that game. Nope, Lady Gaga's doing that shit, and that's tricky. Yeah, you know, like that's as a side musician, just kind of like compartmentalizing and going, okay, I'm I'm doing a different thing tonight. Yeah, yeah, hundred. I would fucking love that, dude. Just, I, I, I just want. The I would experience. enjoy it for sure. Yeah. I just want the experience, just to like know, because like, because there is like an element of it where, like, as a musician, that you want to be able to understand the perspective of being like on stage in, in an arena mm-hmm. with that kind of pressure to execute yep you know i want i, I want to feel that so badly you know what i mean mm-hmm. um whether and and you know i don't even have a desire to be like the main artist yeah. you know and i'm also like i've given up on that sure. like kind of rock like that pop star dream um but like i would just I, just as a side guy mm-hmm. i want to be there and like in it and like i want to feel that shit yeah know? oh yeah every every night every night your job's online yeah like i i've i've played a couple of those gigs and and uh yeah it's 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 demanding and i don't i think you're right i think unpopular or not i think i think it holds weight um and i also think that to take it just like outside of maybe the obvious realm mm-hmm. um the Jazzers don't spend as much time on the road. Sure. You know? And so it's like those cats don't have to play with like the the physical demands. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. That, that we a talked lot about of that recently. Those cats yeah. do. Yeah. Um, I, I remember that was also one of your unpopular opinions. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I went in on those guys too. But I but I backed that. But like, yeah. like and, and I think I but I think like if we're if we're looking at the job as a whole, 
I think I think that there are more demands on somebody who plays in the pop realm and does it at, at the same level, right? Where yeah. like, we have to apples to apples this. Like somebody who's doing this to eat. Mm-hmm. Not somebody who's like who's like working on their pop deal, like but somebody like somebody who's doing it and somebody who's doing it, right? Like somebody who's 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 playing the blue note tonight or the iridium tonight, and somebody who's playing the staple center tonight. Those people are on the same level with like you know, like, even though they're playing wise, yeah. yeah. Well yeah. also commitment wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um like those people those people are both committed in the same way. And I think that the guy who's playing the blue note or the iridium is probably or gal, you know, there's some killer women out there. Um and those people are probably get to sleep in their own bed in their one room apartment in New York City tonight. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. The cat playing at the Staples Center has a van call or a bus call. Like they can't miss that shit. They you know what I mean? And and like they've also got to make sure that like the audience is happy. They gotta make sure that the crew is happy. They got you know, mm-hmm. they're probably eating shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Unless they're playing with Taylor Swift tonight. You know what I mean? Like like I've 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 played tours where it's like, man, the tour is good and like but like Catering's not always all it's cracked up to yeah, be. Totally like it's hard to eat well. It's try. It's hard to stay healthy out there, you know. So you're right. You're but, right. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah. I mean, like the Cash Band got like I did a little taste of that stuff, and it yeah. was like you know playing to tracks, playing written solos, parts, transitions, yeah, all that yeah. stuff. And it's it was so much more just like almost more awareness in the moment of when I would just improvise and like because like there's a certain level of like listening where you almost like turn off your brain you get into a flow state you're you're kind of connecting with what's around you versus like playing those pop gigs it's very analytical like sure, sure. It's, this is and there's it's not a flow state as much right you, it's it's an i don't know if people who haven't maybe checked out the other side of the coin they yeah. don't really they don't know absolutely you know? yeah it's 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 um yeah playing playing those kinds of gigs is is way closer to my machinist job than it is to yeah to like being creative yeah totally yeah, yeah. um and you have like you just have to be like on yeah and, like mm-hmm. you know like don't flub man don't yeah. flub like if you don't show up somebody <laughs> else will send you home yeah. <laughs> exactly yep. uh, and yeah. like even like on a on a um interpersonal level i was talking to one of my friends who's a drummer out in la and he was saying that on one of the more recent tours he did i can't remember who he was playing with but it was a pretty big tour and I was just asking about like the dynamic between, you know, the side guys, the artist, and then the representatives, you know. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Yeah, we don't really talk to the representation." I was like, "Why? It's just, it's just like uncouth, you know. You don't yeah. like talk don't. To, yeah. to them. It's just you know, like you're not. That's not your job. Yeah, your job is to show up and do the gig. Yep. And just being aware of of just the, the etiquette, mm-hmm. you know, that that could they could literally make or break your your paycheck. Yeah, you know? different yeah. teams will have different etiquettes. Yeah, to exactly. Th- to themselves as well. Yeah. And and hopefully you have a TM that's 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 dialed enough to tell you what what like if there's weird etiquette yeah. that you do or do not do. Totally. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. So if you're in there with with like a marquee, like a true marquee act, there's a strong possibility that even if you're like playing in a, like you're playing music, you're part, like you're not part of the band because like you're not on the, like, like try not to name drop here. So I'm not going to do it. But like I played one and I was not on the stage. There were the dudes on the stage and you knew who the dudes on the stage were. Mm. Right. And everybody knows who those people are. Right. But they don't know that there's also like somebody off to the side oh, yeah. playing playing util like utility stuff. Yeah, you know Green what I mean? Day does that. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I I'm I'm in the pit with the with the monitor guy and I've got a can I got cameras so that I can see the stage, but that's which I didn't need because I could play the goddamn tunes. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and then I've got my my setup and I've like it's like these these are your instruments for the night. 
you know that's wild you know but like the so the reason that's important or what to tie that into what you were just talking about was that was that was that i actually didn't i only once in six months hung out with the act that's so weird man yeah. like i had my own bus and everything it was just like nah dog that's you you do that. You're with the monitor guy. Yeah. And it's like, but I play the songs. I'm it's, there. I'm one of you guys. Like, you're not one of us. I know. How could you, know? you <laughs> man, that's gotta, that's gotta be so wild to know that you're literally making music with yeah. somebody and you're not, they're not, you're not even allowed to vibe with them on stage. Yeah. Even. Yeah. yeah. I get it. Like if you're the artist and like you want to have your space yeah. away from the band, totally fine. Yeah. But when we're on stage, we're, playing music we're making together. music yeah yeah it's yeah. so weird and then like they're all reacting to each other yeah it's like a part that you're playing yeah it's, it's yeah. so yeah. fucking weird dude. yeah it's, it's but you just you just play it play it straight yeah yep. you know deliver what you got asked to deliver and uh it's all right you'll be all right yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you'll get fired one of the other yeah, yeah, and i yeah. only got that gig because the bills got fired you know? yeah <laughs> <laughs> shit the shit happens man that's the way it goes that was a good, uh, good that's a good great opinion. one yeah. yeah that's a good one what you got jack uh do you want something uh cultural or do you want something musical whatever you want what's, I don't, what's the spiciest oh let's see whatever gets us fucking clicks dude oh what's good? <laughs> okay here's one that well it, because it's fun i, I don't know I, Memes are the lowest form and also shittiest form of communication. Oh, man. Uh -huh. I mean, totally, but they're also fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. I think, I think it's awful. So let me elaborate. Let yeah. me elaborate. So <clears throat> memes as we understand them today are pictures with, with funny words, right? Mm -hmm. um, th th that's not what the word means, but whatever. Fine. Yeah. Don't at me. Um, words mean things, and that's not what those that word means. Yeah, I learned that from Scott T. Thanks, buddy. Yep, <laughs> I did. So, I did. So yeah, the the word meme uh, it predates the internet. Look it up. I'm not doing your research for yeah, you. No, for sure. The people who use memes tell me to do my own research. Do your own. Anyways, memes as we understand them today are are as as such that like they're such a low form of communication that the problem with them is that they that they are the reason why the lowest form of communicators are so fucked, right? When we think of things, I don't want to get too political, but like there is, there's a certain group of people in this world yeah. who have a certain set of beliefs that aren't even a set of beliefs. They're a set of fucking memes. Yeah, These people don't believe anything other than like the Joe Biden sticker they saw at the gas station, you know, or whatever. You know what I mean? Well, he did that. He did that. Yeah, precisely. You know, and it's like it's like no, he didn't set the price at at Circle K, right? He's also not. He doesn't even own oil stock. That was George W. Bush, but it's 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 things like that that are just like you guys don't don't communicate well. It's real annoying, and I hate it. And and I think if if I were were to play the like old man shouting at a cloud, like technology is gonna you know is the worst thing ever. It like that level of communication. Not just memes, but that level of communication and the thing, the baggage that comes along with it could be the thing that dooms everyone. Yeah. So a couple things to unpack there. Yep. I agree with everything that you just said. Now, if people, and there are people, there's mm -hmm. many of them yeah, out there. Like that, 7 billion, I think. 7.3 yeah. <laughs> billion. Well, that, that uh, look at memes as um, anything other than a fun anecdote for your day, mm -hmm. right? Then that's a real problem. And those people are out there and that, that is the problem, yeah. right? In the context of politics 
Um, I don't know if it's the technology or if it's a commodifying of the po political landscape that is the, the, the reason for memes being what they are. Oh, absolutely. The, the technology certainly propagates it. However, the, uh, the commodification of politics is what allows us to take nuanced conversations and boil them down to two sentences as a gotcha for marketing, right? Absolutely, right? and yeah. that's the problem. Yeah, and I think I th to 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 draw that out a little, just a little bit more. It might not even be the politics that they're commodifying; it's the emotion around it. Yeah, totally. Right? Because because as my therapist tells me, there's only two <laughs> there's only two emotions: love and fear, and those people are afraid, mm. right? And all all they're doing with with their like like. The, the the memes and 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 the proliferation of and weaponization of it is that is that you are exploiting someone's emotions yeah. right which granted pot calling the kettle black we're, we play music and that's what we do for a fucking job <laughs> yeah but like it's still like I'm not I'm I tr hopefully if I'm doing what I want to do hopefully what I'm doing is 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 I'm exploiting someone's joy and their love and ability to, to unify right right instead of being like he did that shit Hunter Biden's dick is gonna kill my kids yeah. right and it's like that's not <laughs> god damn it like I didn't want to see his dick but god damn it you showed it to me yeah you know and it's like that's the thing you know what I mean like like there's a reason why people think that drag queens are da more dangerous than guns yeah but as it turns out if you're looking at a drag queen the gun's the most dangerous thing because somebody's gonna come and shoot you yeah you know like like it's in like, I get it I just memeified my shit like I didn't <laughs> don't meme that don't clip that. um <clears throat> But that's 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 it's it's real unfortunate that that's that's part of the mentality of of the thing, you know. Yeah, totally. Like when you when you when you when you minimize a conversation, unfortunately, what happens is is you you get rid of context, you get rid of the majority of the information that's available on the, on the conversation, and then unfortunately, what happens is is you also probably get it wrong, because because when you simplify things sometimes so much. It's not nearly the point of what it was, right? Like, like if we want to get like music, take this back to music for a second, like, uh, like, and take it back to engineering, right? If you when you when you compress things, as far as bit rates concerned, there becomes a time when it's no longer the original signal, right? You take a guitar, play a chord, and then it's keep crushing bits, keep crushing bits, keep crushing bits. When you get down down to like things that used to be acceptable, like sixteen or eight. It doesn't sound like a guitar anymore, right? right? Mm -hmm. And so when we talk, like now, now pushing it back to memes, if we talk about take a conversation, like like like, for example, what's happening in the world right now, literally this minute at that time of recording, I'm not sure what's happening when you're watching this, but right now there's a, a war between Israel and Hamas. Hamas is a terrorist organization, right? But that and 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 the Palestinian people deserve like a a a, a life, right? And I'm on the side of peace. And I'm I'm not on the side of of terrorism, and that shit doesn't fit in a fucking meme. Yeah, totally. Eighty years of history of Israel does not fit in a fucking meme. Right. You know what I mean? And it also doesn't fit in a flag in your fucking bio. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like mm -hmm. you've never been to Israel. I have. It's not the same thing. You don't get it. Like you know, and like ugh, it's just it's real frustrating because because we can we can have a nuanced conversation about about like 
that whole conflict and the history thereof and where where the solutions may lie and the fact that we were fucking moving towards one especially with the saudis wanting yeah. to, to have to have a, an armistice with with the, the israelis yeah. i was so fucking hopeful yeah you know the and then this shit happens and the problem is is that is that when i go to the discourse that I would normally go to, which is like the the uh, what do they call it the dig- the digital town hall mm-hmm. of of social media. Yeah. When I go there, I I am not faced with people having nuanced conversations or even saying that they give a fuck about any of the people. Right. They just want to fucking make a meme, man, and that shit sucks. Fuck your memes, dude. Like it's 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 real garbage for communication, and it's real garbage for people, and people don't understand anything because that is like they they mistake the concept of a meme for an infographic yeah totally and 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 we've also (laughs) in in giving memes as much weight as we've allowed them to have over the years they're now being weaponized yeah against us by other countries like russia has Mm -hmm. like meme farms and they just Mm -hmm. pump out nonsense yeah and they just Mm -hmm. put them out on you know whatever social media platform and it gets all the fucking you know all the boomers all hyped up yeah and you know whether we like it or not the boomers are still the ones kind of in charge yeah they have all the money and they have all the all the all the offices yeah so until death until 10 (laughs) years after their death yeah exactly so it's like you know when they get amped up about shit it's not just a cranky old person Mm -hmm. yelling get off my grass it's a real problem Mm -hmm. you know so it's a person who's like the gays are the problem and so is the abortions so <laughs> so we're literally not going to have a speaker of the house nor are we going to push through anybody who is of of military brass and so our military is going to be crippled and so is our congress and these are things that are legitimately happening right you know what i mean like we can make that point finger pointing and i'm not trying to do that yeah, yeah. what i'm getting at is is that is that since information is so squashed and so people are just so afraid of shit that they they use like even those people that that whose name I'm not saying are are using those cultural wars as like their soapboxes and that literally hamstrings the ability for a country to function. Yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. You know, and 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 whether whether you want to get mad about the concept of globalism or not, we live in a world economy. The internet is the world wide web, right? That is where commerce is done, right? You want to buy anything. You're probably not going to a store right now. Right. You're probably going to the internet. It doesn't matter what it is, right? If you DoorDash your food, you 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 Postmates your groceries, you you know you you Amazon your whatevers. <clears throat> you know, like if you if you need uh, like I don't know like a Brillo pad butt plug, you can get one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and you don't need to go to a store and have anybody look at you weird because you wanted that. You yeah. can just go to the internet and get it. You know. Yeah. And so, like globalism, whatever, like. It, it literally, we are all one place, yeah. right? And so, and for us to be so afraid of the concept that we could all just fucking work together and be one people, like, and I get that I'm getting real like woo-woo hippie shit, but like, for real, that is not something to be afraid of because whether we like it or not, it's happening. Yeah, it's already happening. You know, you know? Globe, like, the, it's done, right? So don't be mad about it. Don't be afraid of it. You know what I mean? Don't meme it. You know, yeah. don't like. I get it's funny to laugh at Al- Alex Jones, but like, like he means some nefarious shit when he says globalists. You yeah. know what I mean? And so, like, maybe we just skip that, skip the meme, and uh, and just be cool with the fact that maybe the thing you bought got somebody else a job. Yeah, totally. You know, and maybe if there's somebody that you care about specifically, and you know that they have uh, like they a, a form of commerce, then maybe you support them. Maybe you you give musicians the dollar. Right. You know what I mean? 
And maybe like you don't just go stream their shit for free or for cheap. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe you go see Anton LaPlume at wherever gig he just said. Jack Rabbit's November 15th with the, Big Shrimp. November 14th. <clears throat> Damn, it's so close. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, with Big Shrimp. Go there. Check it out, man. You know? Like and go to but go to all of them like wherever wherever the people are you go to them you support them buy a fucking t-shirt that says I yelled Freebird because you want to support something and not because you get all bent out of shape because somebody else blah 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 fucking support the things you love don't be afraid of anything it's all gonna you're gonna die one day I'm gonna die one day five years yeah. um, <laughs> and, and it's fine it's, we're gonna get there you know what I mean and like if we don't get there together then what the fuck is the point yeah totally you know. Totally. Fuck your memes, dog. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I, uh, <laughs> I like it. I like I it. That's a good Unpopular opinion, that's and a- I usually get a lot more pushback on that one. But just so you guys know, because that's this is one of my like this is one of my like sa- saber rattles. I say this one a lot. So yeah, I get, I get, I get, I get pushback. But so thank you for well, validating me. I can understand why people <laughs> want to push back on it, but I mean, also at the same time, I don't because because really, it's like memes aren't weren't ever meant to be like these these like you know. Uh, pinnacles of truth. Right. right, they're supposed to be cultural earworms. Yeah, that's it. exactly. And yeah. that and that to me is all. That, like, I I find many of them, whether I agree with them or not, to be hilarious yeah. because they're either ridiculous in how much nuance has been stripped away, mm-hmm. which is why it's funny. Yeah. Or I do agree with it. And I'm like, that's kind of hilarious to to, to simplify it that right. way. Right. But either way, I know that that if you're it, like in any in any other endeavor, especially music, if you want. Um, if you want it to thrive, yep. curiosity is always going to be the thing that keeps it moving. And, it, and when you reduce things and then state them as facts, you strip away not only the curiosity, but just the idea that you might be curious about it is laughable. Sure, now, sure. Right? Go learn some shit. Yeah, and then you, and then you, and then your your entire culture as a whole gets dumbed down to the lowest common denominator because though someone like you, not me, because I don't like to read, but you might be <laughs> a big. You sound like a big reader. I'm a big reader, yeah. So. Even though you guys exist, you have to. You're only as strong as is your weakest link. Now <laughs> you're absolutely right. Right? Yeah, I yell, I yell facts at people all the time who don't want to hear them. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes you even sing it to them. I do. <laughs> Sometimes I do. I, so uh, I I I've been singing this tune live a lot. Um, it's Jackie Stranger song, and I basically just like took shit that I that I'm mad about people being wrong about. Yeah. <laughs> and the song is called "You're Wrong." Yeah. And I just it's. Like I have a thousand billion verses, and it's just that it's me. It's me singing verses about people being wrong about shit. You know, like it's like no crystals don't heal shit. Yes, vaccines work. Like carrying a gun doesn't make you bulletproof. The waitress doesn't want to fuck you. Like, like, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Like look out for it. It'll it'll just come come see me live. You can hear it. There you go. There you go. Support local music. Uh huh. Um, that's a good unpopular opinion. Thank you. Like it. Um, so. To kind of, uh, man, I could go one kind of hilarious route, or I can go one a little bit more serious. Um, Which uh, go with the one that is higher on this on the page? Okay, uh, the one that's higher on the page is okay. This is this might be pretty wildly unpopular for some people, Come but for it. people. Let me see how I worded this because it's kind of a. It's nuanced. Okay. It doesn't fit in a meme. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Uh, people I, certainly try to make it fit in. I'll meme, get though. it down to thirty seconds for Instagram, <laughs> yeah, no problem. You'll fucking you'll you'll, you'll uh, yak and veal it up for me real quick. <laughs> you said it wrong, but I'm here yeah, for it. Okay. <laughs> um, s- someone who uses a person's failed business endeavors to prove incompetence has never tried to start a business. Oh, I agree with that. Right. But that, but, but that is, 
Can I can I can I uh, extend that? Sure. A person's successes in business also don't don't prove business acumen. Sure, that's that's kind of the same thing, just it's a different both, perspective. Yeah. Because what we're hearing a lot of, what I hear a lot of in the news, mm-hmm. and, and just for any of those, because I had someone fucking mention that I must be a big uh, mainstream media guy. Um, I don't watch any mainstream media. I do listen to a lot of a lot of um, pro, like more independent sources that I, that I do trust. Okay. Um, uh, what I hear a lot of is people saying things like, "Oh well, this person's not, they have, they might be successful now, but they had you know this business failed, this business failed." This I'm like, dude, that's literally the story of any successful person ever. Sure, you, you don't hit it on your first one. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, but like that's not that's the exception to the rule. Though, absolutely, you're right. You're you absolutely know? right. And I think that to sit there and 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 cast dispersions upon people that have had failed endeavors is way more telling of you than it is of the person that you're casting dispersions on. Well, yeah, everybody's every like to quote every rapper, everyone's got haters, right? Yeah. And like, you know, like, like fuck haters. Like it's not a big thing. It is totally a big thing, but it's like, but it's not, it's not going to, it's not going to make or break you. Um, unless your hater is extremely powerful. Um, so yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, to also draw an extension to that. Mm-hmm. Um, both my point on it and how I framed it, how you frame it both um, don't take into account the fact that, that it also no popular opinion uh, it in, in a capitalist system, <clears throat> especially the one that is, that is what well, we have, which is, you know, well-regulated capitalism um, talent does not equal success. Right. It just simply doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, the, like some of the best, people at various things that I know of are absolute failures and, or like, like absolute's not the word, but like, but like, like quantifiable failures. You could go, this person is a great guitar player or is a very capable guitar player and they write fantastic songs and they have a golden voice, but they can't be that good because they don't have any records out. Right. And you could say that, but that, that robs the idea that like, and that's the, that's the, that's the, oh, the person failed a lot. And so they suck. Right. Right. But that also robs the idea that maybe that person just didn't hit the the luck. You know what yeah. I mean? Like nobody, like n- the right person didn't hear them. It didn't. They didn't get the right producer, or they got the wrong producer. Looking at you, Towns Van Zandt. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like he had the best fucking songs, you know. And 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 like unfortunately, all the re- all the the studio recordings are fucking awful because because he just hit it wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean, and so like that's why he didn't get to be Johnny Cash. Right. But but. It, for my money, Towns Van Zant is ten times the songwriter that Johnny Cash ever would been would have been, <clears throat> if Johnny Cash wrote his own songs. I was gonna say, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you, you know, you know, what I'm saying it's like so. Like, yes, you're absolutely right, and I think I think that success does not indicate acumen, right? And failure does not indicate deficiency. You are absolutely right. Yeah. Amen, brother. Yeah, it's it's uh. It's it's just it's very telling to me when people say things like that because and I have to like and I, and I do get um, uh, I I think that when you've tried to start any kind of endeavor you know in my case it's always been something you know music related whether mm-hmm. it's bands or you know trying to sustain a podcast and like is it where where there are so many things that happen where you're like you know, okay, it didn't work out. Does that mean that anything that I do in the future is going to be a failure? Or does that mean that I'm any less capable of doing something um, because I've had failed endeavors? At least people that have those failed endeavors have tried to do the thing. Sure, absolutely. Right? 
to your point, you know, when people bring up, you know, like Elon Musk or Donald Trump or people like this, where, you know, they've had successes, they've also had failures. Um, they both had rich dads too. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that, that definitely helps. If my dad owned an opal mine or a diamond mine or a whatever else, I'd, I'd also have a brand new truck, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'll drive my 2003 fucking S10. It'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Um, yeah, it just, it's, it's one of those things where I think that we need to stop reducing because it, again, it, it, it's also it's misleading on the on the people that it's coming from too. Because you have like reporters that say things like this, or anchors that say things like this, and you're like, "But you know that's bullshit, though, right?" Because sure. if you're if you're, <clears throat> let's say, you're not on like a, like a mainstream media platform. Let's say that you are somebody who's like a news podcaster or whatever. Fuck yeah, I'm on Rumble right now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm not on Rumble. Don't. Yeah, don't. Look <laughs> don't do that. Don't come back. Come back. Don't. Don't click away. Yeah. Um, when when you're saying things like that, I know that you're full of shit, and you're just trying to to ramp people up because you've started your own thing, and chances are this isn't your first in like in, incarceration of uh, it or incarceration incarnation incarnation of yeah. it, right? So when you say things like that, you're doing something to amp up your people to get more views, and it's bullshit. And I 100%. think. It's the cheapest form of trying to obtain followers. Yeah. Also, those people don't know shit about statistics because if they did, they would know that correlation is not causation. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and it's like it's that simple. Like just because two things run parallel to one another, it does not mean that they are related. Yeah, exactly. You know? So like the age old tale of like, you know, the example that they use in like stats classes where it's like, well, there's a there's a correlation between ice cream sales and boat accidents. Yeah. Well, it's like. <laughs> What, how does that? How do you get from point A to point B? Well, it's the summertime. Usually, yeah, exactly. people buy ice cream because it's hot. They're out in the boats because it's hot. Precisely. And one doesn't cause the other. Not, though, yeah, you know? I, I don't get high on my fucking butter pecan and then fucking crash my boat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know I mean? Yeah, I do, but you know, there's other <laughs> things going Speak on. for yourself, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. I, I do get high on my butter pecan. Yeah, that's my favorite ice cream. <laughs> so you know, if somebody out there wants to buy me some, they get it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, anyways, that's my unpopular that's opinion. You cool. Know. I'm gonna do another one because I got one that can be. I think it'd be done quickly. Let's find out. Sure. This is a, this is my musical one. Standing ovations should be only for truly superlative performances. I Wait. said something like this recently, where uh, well, not not quite the same thing, but like encores are overrated. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. But I agree with you. I yeah. think that like it, it also takes away from like the surprise element of. Oh, you're okay. So yeah. you're about standing ovations. Where yeah, I'm only going to stand up if you were fucking awesome. Yeah. If you yeah. suck, or or if you were just real good, I'm not standing up. Yeah, you're good. I don't yeah. care if if everyone around me is standing up. Yeah. Because I've done this before and yeah. I don't do it. I yeah. won't do it. I can if, see it. Like I see performance and I'm like I'm like okay that was good but like I'm like generally emotionally unmoved. Yeah. You know, but I'm not going to get up and like stand. Like yeah. I feel like gen genuinely like. A standing ovation should only be for superlative performance. Additionally, it shouldn't even be a conscious decision. You should be rocketed yeah. out of your seat yeah. by the end of the performance. There yes. is no choice but to stand up yeah. Yeah. with like how impulse. excited you are. Yeah. There, if you are actively thinking, should I stand or not? Stay no, seated. Don't. Yeah. Sit down. <laughs> don't do it. Yeah. Like, and it's the, 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 the amount of times that I've actually been moved to want to give somebody a standing ovation are just so, so few in so many, so many different kinds of performances. Yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't matter. Like athletic things, uh, 
theatrical things, musical things. Like if if is okay. If I got your story, but I didn't like feel it, that's fine, man. Yeah, that's all. I feel that for sure. I'm I'm with that. I like it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, thank you for being with us today, Anytime, man. man. This is great fun. So much I'm fun. not sure if I gave you too much material, but I had a great time. Uh, bro, and, we got so much material. I think we're almost at three hours. Oh, shit. Yep. Cool. <laughs> it's our longest podcast in a long time. Oh, I cool. love it. So, yeah, feel free to edit that under 45 minutes. <laughs> 45 minutes. Yeah, right, dude. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me. It's been really great. And yeah, like dude. I said, I, I, I do watch them all. I'm not going to watch this one, but I'll watch all the other yeah. ones. Yeah. I don't blame yeah. you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, bro. Well, thanks again for being here. Anytime. Make sure you check out all of uh, Jackie Stranger stuff, plus all of the other, uh, other endeavors you got yeah. going. Bryce Where can Alistair people Bain, find you? Uh, on the internet. On the internet. Yeah. You do uh, Instagram at least. I do. I do. Uh, yeah. The trulydeadinside.com will take you to my Instagram. Okay. Trulydeadinside.com. Yeah. Or, or official not Jack Rinko, which you're not going to remember, but truly dead inside you will. Okay. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Peace out, guys. Thanks for watching. Thank you.